Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. <laughs> I don't feel so good. We're all infected. In terms of potential deaths, the crisis we face from the coronavirus is on a scale of a major war. We can get into me. Nobody knows what the number of fatalities may end up being or the number of people who may get ill, and we all hope that number will be as low as possible. Oh, wow. We have a major, major crisis, and we must act accordingly. We also have to face the truth, and that is that the number of casualties may actually be even higher than what the armed forces experienced in World War II. What? You are fake news. Very fake news. You are a terrific team in all counts. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping that woke. All right, go, go. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Oh my God, you suck. You <laughs> suck. <laughs> the best or the lamest intro I've ever made. But I had to do it. All right, I had to do it. I have... What a hell of a weekend. Screw the rest of the intro. What a hell of a weekend. Beware the Ides of March, indeed. Everything, as far as I can tell, every aspect of daily life, except for this podcast, has been canceled this weekend. Everything is canceled indefinitely. We will discuss all the week's hysteria. I'm going to call it hysteria, but... Perhaps maybe there's some pushback. Perhaps maybe I'm not treating this as seriously as it deserves to be treated. We'll consider. Plus, um, of course, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are debating live right now. It's a disaster. I watched like 10 minutes of it. It's like, it's like something they set up to entertain people at an old folks home. No live audience. They're just uh, they're That's having good, their, their walker fight. And when I, I, I listened to like the first 45 minutes, they were... Talking about who has the most authoritarian response to coronavirus. Should we have a national quarantine? Are we going to do that? Uh, uh, so I would we, love we may, that. we'll talk about the rest of the week in politics, including Tuesday's vote. And of course, the viral conf- uh, confrontation between uh, Joe Biden and that auto worker about gun control. Uh, former candidate for Florida governor, Andrew Gillum, apparently had a hell of a party on what was it? Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, just don't ask him about it because he's too inebriated to respond. Mm-hmm. But, it had uh, nothing to do with uh, methamphetamine-fueled anal sex with other men. No, Jenk says it's just a normal mar- uh, wedding after party like we all have. That's all. Mm, yes. Uh, Harvey Weinstein got sentenced. We'll go through that. Alex Jones got arrested on DWI. Did he even get charged? It's Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it, but this is such unbelievable horseshit. Uh, Mara Gay, who of course had that segment with Brian Williams last week about Bloomberg paying everybody a million dollars. She 
has responded to the backlash against that segment. And she says everyone was really racist to her. So mm-hmm. you know that's to be expected. And yeah. plenty of hoax hate and a very nice piece of surprise cringe to close. And we will, of course, take Super Chats on YouTube or Streamlabs in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good lowdown. Money grabbers will check in with DLive as well. Of course, it will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. One of the many things we have featured over on the website is special deals from listener-owned businesses. Of course, this week's feature business is a huge supporter of the show over at uh, Charity Swipes. If you own or manage a business, Charity Swipes is a company you need to speak with. They're a credit card processor just like Square and PayPal, but with lower fees, meaning you keep more of your money in your pockets where it belongs. They have solutions for all types of businesses, from retail stores to restaurants to e-commerce and more. No matter if you own a huge corporation or a small mom and pop shop, they will help you find what works best for you. Charity Swipe's name comes from the fact that they give 30% of their annual profits to charities like the Wounded Warrior Project, Make-A-Wish, and the Gary Sinise Foundation. So by working with them, not only do you get the lowest rates on your credit card processing, you also get to support good causes at the same time. If you currently accept credit cards for your business, Charity Swipes will review your processing rates for free and show you just how much you could be saving with them. All our listeners who choose to sign up will receive free setup and a free card reader. You can view all the details uh, of their offers, uh, Charity Swipes' offers, on their website at charityswipes.com MC. Every sign-up greatly supports our show as well. So if you own a business and you'd like to help yourself and us, go check them out at charityswipes.com MC. Of course, you can find everything from Charity Swipes and the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including uh, Hero Soap Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's over at my website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals, deals for listeners, by listeners. Before we get into all things coronavirus, uh, maybe everybody that uh, listener Dylan was supposed to hang out out with last weekend got coronavirus. I don't know. Uh, According to listener Dylan in Tempe, Tempe, Arizona, there were some 15 to 20 people planning to meet up at a local brewery last Saturday night. So young Dylan, newly 21, as I understand, is very eager to show up at this drinking establishment. He gets there, one, to make sure they have a spot for such a large crowd, and two, to sample some drinks and get an early start. The meetup was planned for 7 p.m., but Dylan sat around drinking solo for over an hour (laughs) before he left. (laughs) So one, shout out to Dylan for his commitment to the show and the community. Two, if you're a part of this Tempe, a Tempe group in Arizona, I need some clarity. Did you guys all flake on poor Dylan or was he mistaken about the meetup plan? I want to know what happened. We need some answers. Of course, we don't like to see our community or group meetups go unsuccessful. So if you'd like to see, if you'd like to participate in successful group meetups and find new friends and friends with exquisite podcast taste, uh, check out the website, the community page on the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash community. Good luck to Dylan and hopefully better results. Next time I mentioned um, the debate is ongoing. So I, I thought about trying to cut into the debate. We did that once on the call-in show. That no. too was a CNN debate. 
and we got taken down for copyright the last time we, we tried did. to do that. So I'm going to hold off on that. But if, if there are people watching both, uh, if something crazy happens, if they actually do get violent with their walkers, let us know and perhaps we can arrange to get, uh, get some images of that. Anyway, uh, you'll be proud of me this week. Uh, I did not, uh, I, of course, I'm always searching for a hit piece. And I did not, in fact, get a hit piece this week, but I am following in your footsteps and I got suspended on Twitter. Not banned. For calling someone a fag? Um, kinda. Okay. It's close. Not banned, but suspended for 12 hours. So we talked about my interaction with Fred Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. In that thread... Of course, I was mostly only responding to Fred, who was responding to me. But there were a few gun grabber types coming after me, and some of them were kind of funny. So I, you know, had some back and forth with them. One of them is this Alexander Ashbrook fellow who uh, who called me a pussy. You know, says <laughs> it's not about me. You're a pussy, whatever. Yeah. So I go back and forth with him, kind of laughing about the fact that, yes, it's a, it's a non-pussy perspective to expect the state to protect you and have the state solve all your problems. You sound like a real non-pussy. Going back with some friends and Alex Ashbrook, and at one point I sarcastically said, shut up, pussy, responding <laughs> to someone else's commentary. Well, Twitter emails me and says, we've limited some of your features, aka suspended, for 12 hours because you saying shut up, pussy... Uh, constitutes a threat or uh, or harassment against people on the basis of presumably gender identity or gender. I guess Alex identifies as a pussy is the problem yes. here. I assume he reported it, but I don't know. Uh, okay, so I thought that's weird because I was responding to a guy calling me a pussy by repeating the insult. So I went to file my own report. Surely if calling someone a pussy is a punishable offense, you must punish the original offender, right, Twitter? That's what I would expect. So I reported that tweet. And uh, what do you think happened within a couple of days? Nope, uh, we didn't find a violation, <laughs> a violation of our rules in what you reported. So I, it must be one of those mistakes that Jack and VJJ talked to Tim Pool about on the famous Joe Rogan episode. Just a mistake that Whoops. someone with Alex's perspective gets to call me a pussy right. and there's no punishment. But if I repeat it to him... Then I'm then I'm suspended for 12 hours. Just just one of those mistakes. Twitter's always trying to make things better. Um, okay, I will not uh, I will not beat around the bush anymore. We got to talk about Corona canceling. As far as I can tell. Oh wait, I wanted everything. to make a small announcement. Oh sure, yeah. My co-host, my other podcast co-host, Robin Riley, Critical Condition. I'll link it in the live chat right now. Had her baby last night. Congratulations. And everything went well from what I can tell. And he's super cute. And also I'm going to take this opportunity to plug my other channel, which is called motherland. And you should all subscribe. When do you get to talk about it? You guys um, going to be talking about it this week or are you going to wait a little bit? I, I don't know what kind of baby he's going to be. If he's going to, you know, let her have some time off or if she'll be able to do something for a few hours. I, I don't know. So it could be, Next week, it could be a month. I have no idea. So, All right. I, I just wanted to enjoy this time with her with her new son. That is the Motherland channel. It is. Isn't if you're it? looking for that. Well, I'm not really interested in talking about the specific numbers of coronavirus or all the specific stock market swings or even at this point, what's canceled. Because at this point, it'd be easier to discuss what's not canceled at this point, even in 
rural Montana where I live. I was shocked by the wave of things that got canceled starting yesterday. And what's going on now is what I've been worried about this whole time, which is the panic and the hysteria being in my layman estimation. I'm not a medically qualified professional, but in my layman estimation, the effects of the panic and the hysteria right now are going to be worse than the sickness itself. We are everything, everything in my daily life now is now canceled. So Montana yeah. ski resorts, one after another, all the dominoes fell. There's just, just no more ski resorts. Lots of jobs impacted by that. Uh, gym classes canceled, entertainment events canceled. And I'm one of the lucky ones. If you look at what's going on in states like Massachusetts, uh, do you see how crazy they're getting there in newly announced restrictions this weekend? It's you can't eat at restaurants. That's banned now. You ha you can get it takeout, but you can't eat in there. And they're banning gatherings over 25, including within retail stores. Now, for now, grocery stores and pharmacies are exempt. So don't worry, you can still make your run for toilet paper at Walmart. But this has been incremental. I would imagine things might get worse before they get better. And listening to the debate just now, one of the CNN moderators asked if the candidates favor a mandatory national quarantine as you as in you can't leave your house without the police trying to stop you i mean how would we get supplies yeah good question you get what the government gives you you, you get what the what the federal delivery man brings you and as i've been saying all along i don't i don't fear the sickness i fear the panic and the hysteria in response and i get it we have to treat it seriously this is a serious risk to the elderly and people with people who have health complications, people who have, um, <clears throat> people who have compromised immune systems, those sorts pregnant of things. Pregnant bitches. Yes. But at no, the same- No, it's actually not a, it's not a problem for pregnancy, but- Well, people who They don't who know might... anything about this though, which is what's bothering me about all these claims. So... Well, the, the other side of it, the people would say, that's why we're doing this, because we don't know enough, so we're doing, we're, it's an overabundance of caution. Okay, but the impact that we're having is massive. The, the, all the, all the, the low wage workers up in big sky here, for example, who now have to just go home because they don't have a place to work and they're living in employee housing. Uh, at, at what point are those consequences worse than just being vigilant as individuals and saying, listen, if you are an at risk person, self quarantine, stay home, be responsible. I don't know, man. I know there are a lot of people on the other side of this that think you want to be overly cautious and we're just going to have um, two weeks of, of slowing down economic activity and then we come roaring back. I hope so. I hope that's, that's what happens, that, uh, that we just slow down for a little while and then we realize, okay, this isn't, this isn't that huge of a deal. We'll be careful. We'll be cautious. We'll be scrupulous about our hygiene habits and cleaning public facilities and all that. But, uh, man, I, this, this stuff is really... Uh, really worrisome to me. We go as far as to cancel everything so that nobody's making any money, or at least the ability yeah. to do that is very compromised. I was resolved to not change my life until there were any cases in Idaho. And then yesterday we got our first case or two days ago. We have, I think four in Montana as of this weekend. We have one five. in my County. They're all in Boise area. So, so. don't get me wrong. I, the, what I'm annoyed with here is 
how social pressure plays into this too. I'm not saying that that being cautious and businesses opting to do this on their own terms is way out of line. If that's your evaluation, you're totally entitled to manage your property, your business as you see fit. I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is all the social pressure that goes into this and the way the hysteria becomes more contagious than the sickness itself. Yeah. And what's happened is, and you can watch this on social media. You got the emails this week. Every business you've ever given your email to suddenly oh, emails you. Oh, it's been you. so annoying. We, we, here's our statement on coronavirus because yeah. we care. The implication is that if you don't take the most drastic measure possible, that you don't care. That's, right, and then that's, everybody's like, our entire staff is working from home. I'm like, I don't give a shit as yes. long as your your company's still working. You don't so, have to so I'm just, this to me, I don't care. I'm just using the ski resort example because it's one industry example that's close to me and that I've watched this happen in, but I know it's happening across a bunch of industries, including professional sports like we just saw, or like we'll get to in a moment. What happens is one major player in that industry or area decides to take the most drastic measure and shut down. And then there's pressure on all the rest. So for instance, all the ski resorts in this area this weekend went from on Friday saying, we, here's our statement about coronavirus. We're monitoring the situation. Okay, then Vail in Colorado shuts down and all of a sudden the burden is on every Montana resort to do the same thing. And every Karen and Susan is on Facebook urging them to do that because it's the right thing to do and the responsible thing to do. Then like dominoes, they all fall one by one. And I'm supposed to believe that they all actually independently evaluated Decided, the situation right? and said, okay, now it's too risky. No, they said all these people, or they, they said that uh, they saw the social pressure and they thought we don't want to be the people who look like we don't care about coronavirus. That's, that's what they're worried about, whether it even makes any sense at all. So, we, as I mentioned, we also saw this play out in, in terms of how all this hysteria started. Really, it was professional sports this week. We were live on Wednesday when someone at the Thank time... Thank you, coronavirus. The only good thing that's going to come out of this. <laughs> no more sports. Yeah. Uh, we could agree on the NBA, maybe. I don't care. But uh, we were live on Wednesday. At the time, they were saying NBA games were going to go on, but with no audience. Well, then Wednesday night while we're live, the NBA actually suspends all of its games mm -hmm. because a player on the Utah Jazz uh, tested positive. This is Rudy Gobert, who is the team's center. He's still recovering right now. As of Sunday, he says um, he says he wishes he would have taken the coronavirus more seriously, as we'll see in a moment. Uh, well, actually, I'll just play it right now. On March 9th, he joked about the virus with reporters by touching all of the mics at the podium he was <laughs> he was speaking at. I don't know if you oh, saw this so clip, bad. but check it out. So he's about to leave, and he's like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> touch, 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 touch. Okay, now I'm out of here. Yeah, then he actually had coronavirus. So on the other side of this, I'm not saying we all need to be Rudy Gobert, whatever is Rudy Gobert reckless. I want people to take it seriously and to that's take- That's not that reckless though. That's I silly. Mean, it's silly. He touched them. He didn't touch his face. He didn't well, like he didn't lick, lick them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you have, you have that issue. He's now apologizing and, and donating $500,000 to assist people affected by the virus and, and related closures. But after the NBA chose to do this, what happened? NHL, same thing. Major League right. Baseball, same thing. The XFL, awesome. same thing. All these other leagues have suspended all is. 
all they're all different sports leagues. What the fuck is the XFL? It's an alternative football. Oh league, yeah, know. I forgot. It's the more football league. Yeah. This never ends league. Yeah. That's right. They all suspended games for the immediate future. This is happening in every industry. One person does it. Whether and I'm not saying all the motives are are like it obviously doesn't make sense for Rudy Gobert to be playing basketball with other people. I'm not saying that it's the the motives are always wrong, but I am saying that social pressure plays a role in terms of how this how all these yeah. dominoes fall. Okay, fine. Why did they even have that press conference with him? It was before he was diagnosed. But he thought he might have it. Were people asking him questions? I don't know. I think he was asymptomatic. I don't know the context, but I don't think he had any knowledge of his own coronavirus at the time. This was actually March Mm -hmm. 9th. So this was, or no, when did he, when was, um, yeah, it was March 9th. He made the joke. That was Monday. He was diagnosed on Wednesday. Mm. So anyway, uh, (laughs) I don't, I I, kind of want to have a little bit of fun at this too, because I have a whole, a whole series of how bad, how bad is it stories? How bad is it? It's so bad that people are using trash bags as hazmat suits in Memphis, Tennessee. One school employee is uh, was self or is self quarantined after possible contact with an infected person. So naturally, people are wearing makeshift hazmat suits made out of shopping bags. Don't nobody want their child to be sick, and don't nobody want to take that virus to their house. Parents with children at Treadwell Middle and Elementary Schools are not playing around. Many wiped their kids down, and some even sprayed them with disinfectant spray as they took them home Monday. And I wiped my children's backpack down when I got them out of school. Sure did, gave them gloves. Sure did. <laughs> that was Black Boomhauer. What did I? What did she just say? <laughs> Try it one more they time. They took them home Monday. And I wiped my shoes and backpack down when I got them out of school. Sure did, gave them gloves. Sure did. Dang Two old. Savage bags. <laughs> my shoes and came and Two sacks. Another sack. Annie Jones was extra cautious when she went to Treadwell Middle School to pick up her nephew Monday. She found out an employee who works at Treadwell Middle and Elementary School came in contact with a person who tested positive okay. for the coronavirus. Uh, right. I don't want to make light of the situation. No that was What's going on? We, we should be taking Wait, wait, wait. can you not seriously. hear? Oh, maybe you got done before I did. Oh, sorry. Hold on, I want to play that last lady's commentary. Coronavirus. Sorry, guys. They ain't giving us finish. no up to date. What's going on? We don't know. We might be a little off sync. It's fine. Whatever. What were you saying? Oh, is it over now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't want to make too much light of this, although that was hilarious. Um, we should be taking this seriously, but the fact of the matter is that outside of pretty much isolating, social distancing, and washing your hands more, uh, there's really not that much you can do. So like, if you decide to go into a place where there are crowds, uh, outside of washing your hands, you know, it's spread through the air, through, you know, droplets, through people coughing and sneezing, through shared surfaces, things like that. Um, so if you're going to take those risks, like you are at risk, if you're serious about this and, and you're very scared and you think this is a huge pandemic, then you just have to um, home quarantine. And that's, it's not even my issue mm-hmm. because, because at the end of the day, we just don't know how this disease behaves. And I get it. The people on the other side will say that. And I, I can't uh, argue with that at all. But the, the big sticking point that I return to is whose role is it to make these decisions? And if we go okay. as far as, say, mandatory quarantine, which some people are talking about right now, uh, how, how does that sort of thing square with your general constitutional rights. I hope not to learn how that happens in real time. I know we have some precedent and some case law on this sort of thing, but uh, in general, 
I, I am of the opinion that if you uh, consider yourself at risk or you think this is particularly risky to you, yes, absolutely take the steps necessary that you as an individual see fit. But the minute that we're trying to control everybody else to do X, Y, and Z, I think is not only a potential violation of their rights, I think it has serious economic impacts in the way we're about to observe. Impacts that could be worse than the effects of the sickness itself. That's just my perspective. I know this is debated, hotly debated among a lot of people, but I'm very skeptical of how this just goes from like zero to 60 in a second, in part based on the reality that say people in Italy a lot of them did die over the weekend. But I think another part of the reality is just mass hysteria, just mass Well, the panic. government has proven itself incompetent once again. So that is feeding the mass hysteria because they have bungled this so badly. And yet, and yet you have Bernie on the stage and people arguing this week that this just proves we need single payer. And Joe Biden, to his point, was mentally present enough to say, yeah, they have single payer in Italy, dude. It's not working well like iron-fisted government control it's not always the answer to this sort of thing and the reality in italy too the 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 these cases you're hearing um described where they only have so many health healthcare resources so they're making decisions about who's the most likely to survive who's not we're going to apply care on that basis so yeah healthcare gets rationed even when it's a so-called right mm -hmm. that's just the reality of limited resources right Mm. Anyway, uh, did you have more to say? I don't know. I'm, I'm really struggling with how worried, especially as a pregnant person, how worried to be about this. Mm. I did a lot of traveling in my pregnancy already. Um, so, I mean, people are carrying this. People with strong immune systems are carrying this asymptomatically. I have, there are five cases in Idaho, so you have to think there are probably 50. And then I'm close to the Washington border. Uh, it doesn't really matter every every state is going to be infected. But if some of the accounts from people that were relatively asymptomatic are to be believed, uh, this might not be so bad. I don't know. Yeah, I want to talk about that one case in Seattle towards the end of our uh, coronavirus discussion here. But in the meantime, how bad is it? It's so bad that there are monkey gang wars in Thailand. Uh, in Thailand, a lack of tourists ha has created the opportunity for monkeys in search of food scraps. Rival monkey gangs are at war in the streets. Whoa. It's a ghost town, but plenty of monkeys. Oh, gross. Uh, how bad is it? Well, it's so bad that even <laughs> ISIS is like, okay, guys, maybe don't go to Europe. Hey, jihadis. <laughs> like, it's it's a little risky. I thought this was an Onion article, but this is in the Sunday Times over in the UK. ISIS, of course, usually advocates attacking Europe, but they're now telling jihadis to stay away from the land of the epidemic so they do not become infected. This is in the latest issue of ISIS's Al-Naba newsletter. So, uh, the what does it matter the if they're suicide? Festers. Well, maybe you're maybe you want to be a, a shooter who doesn't necessarily die. I don't know. Then wouldn't they just start doing suicide bombings? This is a perfect opportunity for some jihadists. I don't know. I don't know. How bad is it? Mexico is considering shutting down their border with us. That's how <laughs> bad it is. Mexican yeah. health officials are considering closing Mexico's border with the United States. Mexican Deputy Health Minister Hugo lopez Gatell said contagion from the United States is a threat. Quote, 
If it were technically necessary to consider mechanisms of restriction or stronger surveillance, we would, we would have to take into account not that Mexico <laughs> would bring the virus to the United States, rather the, that the United States would bring it here, he said at a news conference. And of course, the hysteria is creating all sorts of real world uh, violence and shortage of goods in shopping centers, as you may have been a party to this weekend. If you tried to go grocery shopping like I did, I assume there's not a roll of toilet paper in the entire state of Idaho either. Um, yeah, I mean, every everyone was just scraped clean. They, you, you had mentioned the grocery stores look like uh, they're from the Soviet bloc, and that's about how I felt too. It was nor totally normal until... Um the first day that the case was diagnosed in Idaho. And then after that, I, I went yesterday to the grocery store and hmm. I was like, Ooh. good thing I prepared in 2016. <laughs> we were able to get every item we were looking for with the exception of like a very specific bread. And thankfully we didn't need toilet paper. We are well stocked. You know we had to go to multiple but, stores to get ground beef. Ah, a friend of mine said that too, but I, why? I, um, That's so weird. It's highly perishable. I guess if you just freeze it, well, weirdly here, people were making a run on produce as well. Um, and other stores, like I've seen Whole Foods where there's still, pro everyone's buying, they're buying everything but produce because that's going to spoil, obviously. They're buying right. up the canned goods and all that. But I guess they want uh, fresh food in their quarantine here. And some of these disputes are becoming <laughs> violent. Uh, at Sam's Club in, I don't know how to say this, Hiram, Hiram, Georgia, two customers began arguing over a package of bottled water. One of them stabbed the other with a broken wine bottle. The victim was taken to the hospital by ambulance. So congratulations, increased strain on the healthcare system, potentially in Texas at another Sam's club, two children and two adults were stabbed. One of the adults is a Sam's club employee. We don't necessarily know uh, what for sure caused that one, but one can surmise it's related to overcrowding and chaos at these shopping centers. And then uh, just images from, from LA, uh, LA area Costco's you have lines around like, snake lines around the entire parking lot for people trying to get into Costco to go buy their toilet paper or whatever else. So we, we just keep feeding into the hysteria. I, I, for the life of me still don't understand the toilet paper thing. If someone wants to explain it to me, that'd be great. Cause I don't understand why people are making a run on that specifically. That's pretty low on my survival supplies priority. Yeah. I consider it's that all a luxury. of your fault anyway, for not having a bidet. <laughs> you should have prepared with a bidet. Mm -hmm. So if people know why, my guess is that like, my guess on the toilet paper thing is that someone did this. They saw a guy buying like 50 packages at the store and then other people think, well, I need to do it too. It's like this, this sheep No, mentality. it was one of the first things to go in Venezuela. Why? Why? Like I read someone... that people were like prostituting themselves for toilet paper. So it's the currency of the apocalypse officially. It is. It is. Cigarettes I, I are also good. I don't get it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd like to have it, but I could name about 10 things in a survival scenario. I would, I would much rather more, have yeah. than toilet paper. Yeah. Anyway. So, so politicians and media, of course, are, are contributing to the hysteria. You heard it in the intro. Bernie Sanders on Thursday gave a speech about coronavirus saying that casualties could be worse than the allied forces suffered in world war two. In terms of potential deaths and in terms of the economic impact on our economy, the crisis we pay, face from the coronavirus is on a scale of a major war. Nobody knows what the number of fatalities may end up being or the number of people who may get ill, and we all hope that that number will be as low as possible. But we also no, have to face the truth 
and that is that the number of casualties may actually be even higher than what the armed forces experienced in World War II. In other words, we have a major, major crisis, and we must act accordingly. I don't know, this is probably fear-mongering, but there's no way to know at this point. Um, I'm very cynical about this, and I think that they're all trying to use this pandemic-style fear going about to bolster their campaign. I mean, and it really helps them that Trump has bungled it so badly, but I have no idea what, what's going to happen with this. I think some of this, I obviously don't believe the entire thing is a political conspiracy theory, but I think some, there are some forces out there that would like to make this as much of an emergency as possible. I'm not saying they want people to die, but just that they want some level of calamity, some level of public, uh, just public chaos so that they can have a boogeyman to fight. I, I do think there are some forces like that at play, which does create some of these cancellations we've talked about. As soon as somebody starts doing it, there's social pressure for the rest to do it. And the domino effect is on uh, reminder though, 16 million allied military personnel killed over 45 million allied civilians killed in world war II, according to the Wikipedia numbers. We are currently at about 6,500 global deaths from coronavirus. So a little ways to go, but um, I'm not looking forward to having to storm a beach against coronavirus fighting for Bernie Sanders' army. We'll see if it comes to this. And then uh, you see this exchange with Don Lemon and John Kasich? Yeah. So I will say um, we, we don't have time. I just I didn't have time to go through all of Trump's statements this week. And I do think it's fair to say that a lot of the messaging was a little bit bungled, as you alluded to. There were, especially this Wednesday night conference, he said things like, "The tra- there will be no travel between Europe and the United States. Right, and then he said the UK and Ireland are fine, and then they're off the table like the next day. Right. So, Which is stupid because they have lots of cases too. So The messaging has been um, somewhat inconsistent. I do think there's room for improvement there. That said, do I think the virus is Trump's fault? No. Do I think there are people dead in the United States because of Trump, as MSNBC uh, pundits were saying this weekend? No, I don't. I think there's some room for criticism there, and I think there's some room for people who want to defend him too. But John Kasich had the audacity to go on Don Lemon's show and say, listen, Trump's uh, Trump's press conference or his his um, his message on Wednesday night was not that bad and tried to explain how we manage this sort of thing. Don Lemon wouldn't even let him talk. Listen to this. Governors have to make choices and they cannot make choices based on making people happy or political considerations. Well, listen, the and, governors uh, can't, John, the governors can't make choices. They can't, if there are no test kits. If the test kits that the, the federal government has promised aren't out there, then those governors can't make choices. And you said that, listen, the president, you said the president should stick to the script. I don't know if he stuck to the script or not, but whatever script he read I, I, was wrong yeah. because they've had to clarify it several times. And I, I just got to say, if the president came I, out to I, I, calm I, I, people's fears, <laughs> he didn't do a good job of it because they've had to come back and clarify it several times. And th- if this has been going on long he, enough I, for them to get it okay. straight. We need straight accurate you know information what, from this president yeah. and this administration and we're not yeah. getting it mm-hmm. and i don't understand why you are tiptoeing around it he came out gave an address that old that usually you know ha- that happens very rarely and he doesn't get it right i'm going to tell you first of all he read it and somebody that wrote this look i don't want to get into that 
He, well, it was why on not? Today That's why you're here to talk about here. the president's can I, address. Can I finish now? No, but Let no, no, me talk. no, 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 you Let can't, John. John, because we're here to talk oh, about I the president's talk? Wait, we're here. I don't want you. To, I don't want you to go on and deflect and talk about something else because that was obnoxious. But you know, it's Trump, not even Trump did. He done fucked this up. <laughs> I agree. It's not, it's not even his perspective that bothers me. It's the fact that like anyone who has a non-hysterical perspective is not allowed to. T- Why even have the guest on? Yeah. Why? If it's just Don Lemon's hysterical ramblings for the hour. Okay, great. Do that. But it's just so disrespectful to the guest. It's such a waste of everyone's time. I'm not even saying Don's wrong in his criticism, but for the love of God, can you at least let your guest have a differing opinion? Yeah. Why invite him on? Why even bother? What a a waste of time. Anyway, in uh, a few funnier moments, um, in that uh, presidential address, did you hear Trump was caught on a hot mic? Yeah. Apparently apparently there was some mix-up where the C-SPAN feed had uh, Trump's audio while he's getting prepared in the Oval Office. Um, And he uh, he made the mistake of uttering the F word. But it's still, still kind of funny to hear. A what? Oh, fuck. Uh-oh. Was I got a pen, pen mark. Anybody yeah. have any white? Do you have any white stuff? That's so, fine. Yeah, whatever. I mean, some he of the moments Trump were... every man. I mean, they would have never shut up about the pen mark on his... On his whatever sleeve. I didn't or... even look. Did he get it fixed? Or was the pen mark Presumably he got it fixed. I didn't hear anything about it, but... You know, whoops. Well... Let's all come together over some good old-fashioned, politically incorrect, insensitive, casual racism about the coronavirus, which, of course, has been happening this week. Uh, There were some students at a Dutch school in Belgium. And uh, for whatever reason, it's still not very thoroughly explained. They posted this on their Instagram post. This was originally posted by the school's social media account. (laughs) Not like some random kid. (laughs) These Dutch students in Belgium are wearing traditional Chinese costumes and rice hats, posing uh, with a sign that reads Corona time. More of this. Uh, Initially, the school did not offer an explanation or statement about the photo, but the school now tells the independent quote, the picture was made during the hundred days celebration of last February uh, or of last Friday, the 6th of March, an event in which last graders, I assume that means like, high school seniors, I guess, or whatever that would be in the U S equivalent. I can't really tell last graders celebrate the end of their secondary education. Or is that eighth graders? It doesn't really matter. I guess they whatever. look like high schoolers. If those are high school seniors, then I guess I'm really old. They look pretty young to me, but I can't. I can't. Anyway, um, they chose an outfit long beforehand. In this case, even long before there was any mention of the coronavirus. So apparently they set up this Chinese thing before the coronavirus outbreak. And someone just, put the sign in after oh, people the are dressed as pandas too. <laughs> yeah. The students alluded to the recent events in a playful way by adding a sign. Neither the school team nor the students involved have, um, have ever had the intention of adopting a condescending or offensive attitude. Nonetheless, the school would like to express its apologies publicly and explicitly through this statement. We did not estimate the consequences of publishing this picture cor- correctly. And we regret having offended certain population groups by it. What are the consequences? I don't know like who who was gravely injured by this picture. Do you have the picture up right now? Yeah. There's this one kid who's making fun of the way Asian girls take tourist photos. He's going, 
Is he the guy bottom right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is funny. You know, to see. this is a scary time for everybody in the world. Can we just blame the Chinese? Can we all just get together yeah, and blame the Chinese? Speaking of unintended consequences, how about the unintended consequences of your weird bat soup markets? Yeah, Can really. we talk about the unintended consequences that are really harming people or the unintended consequences of censoring whistleblowers in your country so the information doesn't get out? Those, yes. those sorts of con- consequences? I don't care what jokes people make. And uh, apparently people in Mexico don't care either. Whoa. Caesar attack? Yeah. Sorry. I mean, just keep in mind, whenever people get outraged about, uh, about racism or about insensitivity, it usually is not applying to other countries or other cultures, in this case, Mexico, where uh, there was an Ocampo carnival in Mexico. Three kids took the stage to perform a musical depiction, I guess, of coronavirus. This is a doctor and nurse fighting the coronavirus. Note that the virus is wearing a rice hat and has a Fu Manchu mustache. Attention to detail. Suddenly, Mexico is looking better every day. Close the border and have hilarious jokes. All right. Uh, a little know. more interested than before, but then I remember the cartel footage that I saw. Yeah, really. Um, this is meant to bring us together. And this is a Chinese virus, as many of the international plagues are. Uh, I think bubonic plague originated in China as well. Well, and don't forget all the recent diseases that have originated in China. This is a, this is a, you know, we have this every couple of years, it seems like now. Uh, yeah. And if I'm going to be optimistic, as optimistic as possible, there are maybe some areas for silver lining here. I think optimistically that maybe all this quarantining effort or this social distancing effort does work out. We emerge from this a few weeks from now and the economy comes roaring back. I fully expect that to happen. The other reality is, Maybe we do have some divestment from China. I didn't know the degree to which we are in our pharmaceuticals are dependent on China, for example. Uh, maybe that will be long-term beneficial to get a lot of uh, very important production yeah. out of China. So it's not doom and gloom. I'm just, I'm, I'm just annoyed for the weekend at what I view as an overreaction in many parts, but I, I'm not, you know, I don't think that we're facing some massive disaster long-term. I don't know. I mean, I would like to remain optimistic, but um, because I'm pregnant, I want things to be way better, especially because I'm pregnant. I want the outcome to be way better than it, it may turn out to be. So I'm trying to take a measured approach with how much to worry, but I'm pretty scared. Well, if you're worried about the uh, the health outcomes, I mean, one, you have the benefit of basically everybody staying home and you know, whether whether I think that that's an overreaction or not, it's going to flatten the curve. That's what everyone wants to do is flatten the curve. It's going to have that effect. It just will. So if that's yeah. a worthy trade-off, all right, you know, I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that I'm being silly and um, and I hope this is preventing a mass casualty event. By the way, I will fully admit that I'm wrong if we start having a mass casualty event in this country. Even if we, I'll, I'll admit that I'm wrong from beyond the grave. I will admit that I died of coronavirus and it was all my fault because I was too foolish. Uh, the weekend of March 15th. But the other factor that's playing out in your favor, 
And I don't share this to minimize the reality that exists for the elderly and that exists for other uh, vulnerable people. But for the vast majority of the population, if, again, it's isolated testimony, it's anecdotal, but it's a pretty good proxy for or a pretty good stand-in for most of us just general adults who are in reasonably good health. It doesn't sound like it's all that bad. Again, we have a responsibility not to spread this to vulnerable people to the degree that we can control that sort of thing. But if you get it, listen to Elizabeth Schneider or Schneider. Uh, no, Schneider. Schneider, she's a, um, she had, she's a 37 year old woman in Seattle who says she first began feeling flu-like symptoms on February 25th, three days after attending a party where it has now been confirmed. At least five other people got infected. She felt sick, but didn't think it was that severe. She didn't think, um, she didn't even think she had coronavirus. She thought it was a flu strain that wasn't covered by the vaccine she got earlier in the year. She finally got tested and got a positive return for coronavirus on March 7th. By that time, her symptoms had already subsided. The message she has is don't panic. Uh, if you think that you have it, you probably do. You should probably get tested. This is all her quote. If your symptoms aren't life-threatening, simply stay at home, medicate with over-the-counter medicines, drink lots of water, get a lot of rest, and check out the shows you want to binge watch, she says. In other words, treat it like any other serious sickness you may come into contact with. And no, this lady isn't some rube idiot. She's not some, you know, some buffoon who doesn't know what she's talking about. She's not a medical doctor either, but she is a PhD in bioengineering. Okay, this is pretty good. It's an intelligent person with some knowledge of biology. So, you know, again, I'm not saying it's not a risk to people who ha who are in a risky position, whether because of age or their health condition. But I did hear some right wing YouTuber, I can't remember who it was this week, say that uh, panic makes you make more sensible decisions. And really? I was like, that's I would insane. I would no, think it would be the opposite. Yeah, that's clearly insane. That's definitely. I would think not they'd true. be emotionally driven decisions that are foolish. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway, um, bottom line, I, I, if I'm predicting six months down the line, I, I'm going to predict that six months down the line, um, we are going to be just fine health-wise and economically, and there's going to be two groups of people. There's going to be people who I think the camp that I'll be in, which is going to mock this hysteria as one of the great hysterias of our time and warning people not to go full coronavirus in future, uh, future uh, precarious situations. And then there will be other people and say, no, it wasn't a big deal precisely because we took preventative measures. And I can't say that you'll be wrong either because we, Nobody will be able to argue the counterfactual. Nobody will be able to say, well, what would have happened if we hadn't closed all the things and canceled all the things? We just don't know. But I don't want to act like everything is going to be destroyed. I think we're going to be just fine after uh, a few months time, to be honest. Yeah, this does have a distinctly end of days feel, though. Hmm. It's probably hmm. just the reaction, but like things feel weird culturally. I haven't gone out today, but the experience at the grocery store yesterday was pretty weird not only the uh soviet style shelves but just everybody in more of like a, a hasty mode everybody moving around more quickly and nobody was rude to me but uh, my fiance works at one of those grocery stores so she was talking to a lot of her fellow employees there and they had all sorts of stories about people being ridiculously rude to them and other guests why why especially people that are working there you've got to touch a million receipts you're touching people's credit cards all day like who's more at risk than working at a 
at a checkout line at like a grocery store or something like that. Like yeah. be nice to these people, you dicks. Well, people think their survival is on the line. Like they, they literally do. And so they're going to be rude. It's, it's, it's an insane world we live in right now, but that explains the rudeness. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got on coronavirus. That's half the show, but you know, plenty to talk about anything else from you or else we can move on to politics. No, I guess we should. I guess we should move on. You want to take a quick break or do you want to hop right into uh, Biden and Bernie? Let's talk Biden and Bernie and then we can take a break. How's that? Okay. It'll be a little bit of a long segment, but I am excited to talk about some of these other things. Uh, so first going right into the, um, the results of Tuesday's vote, which already seemed like an afterthought, but Joe Biden crushed again. Super Tuesday was just a preview for How? mini Tuesday. How is this well, happening? Because the, uh, the other option is crazy communist man. And I'll, I guess you'll take mentally, <laughs> I don't know, mentally declining old man who has some semblance of sanity or American, I don't know, America of yesteryear, as opposed to revolutionary communist who wants to burn it all down. Anyway, uh, Joe Biden won for sure four of the six states on Tuesday and likely five of six. He leads in Washington by two percentage points. This particular um, Politico article is a little bit outdated. He does have a 2% lead with 94% of precincts reported in Washington. So that gives Joe the biggest states of Michigan and Washington. Bernie only took North Dakota. And um, no offense to my neighbors to the east, but uh, that's not the biggest delegate prize over in uh, North Dakota. Keep in mind that Bernie did win Washington, Idaho, and Michigan over Hillary in 2016. He lost them all on Tuesday, assuming Washington holds. He got flat out embarrassed in Michigan. He lost to Biden by almost 17 percentage points in Michigan. Still, uh, Bernie is not quitting for now. Obviously, he's on the debate stage as we speak. We'll get to uh, what he had to say about staying in the race in a minute. The major event of the... Of, of the campaign season or at least the, the campaign events this week, of course, was not the elections themselves. It may not even be uh, the debates tonight. We'll have to see what comes out of that. It was Joe's confrontation with an auto worker named Jerry Wayne in Michigan on Tuesday. So on Tuesday morning, Joe visits a Fiat Chrysler facility in Detroit where he was asked by this worker, Jerry Wayne, how he expects to win over union and working votes while trying to diminish the Second Amendment. This clip was everywhere this week. You probably saw it, but just in case you live under a rock. How you intend on getting the union vote when there is a large portion of the union workers that are gun enthusiasts and you are actively trying to diminish our Second Amendment right and take away our guns? You're full of shit. All right, thank you. Now, shush. Gosh, I support the Second Amendment. Second Amendment, just like right now, if you yell fire, that's not free speech. And from the very beginning, I have a shotgun, I have a 20 gauge, a 12 gauge, my son's hunt. Guess what? You're not allowed to own any weapon. I'm not taking your gun away at all. You need 100 rounds. So when you were in Beto, no, when you said you were going to take our guns, that I did what? not say that. That's yeah. not true. I did it's not say that. It's a viral video. Well, it's a viral video like the other ones are putting out. They've been simply it was alive. Your, your voice, you said that you're taking the gun. Well, no, he just clarified it. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Hey, take your AR, your AR-14s. Okay, this is not okay. Hold on, hold on. All right. Hey, let's you want to tell me this video. There's a lot of guys wanting to take me. I'm not working. Give me a break, man. You're pushing up on me. Are you able to hold a machine gun? 
Machine I said, are you able on one? Machine guns are illegal. That's right. Our AR-15s are legal. How is that in a machine gun? No, it's not. Yeah, do you need 100 rounds? Do you need 100 rounds? in America with handguns and there are what you call assault rifles. Why are you advocating for assault rifles when people are dying and then Joe just walks away. You can't even watch. Did he shush his um, campaign manager? Yes. In the beginning? She's a little onto the frame, but I believe she is a... Well, she's a so woman. he was I don't talking know if, to her. Yes, she's he was talking to his, his handler. Did he tell her to shut up or was he just like... I, I think he just said shush twice. But even that, Damn. why are we going after the sexism and or racism of Joe Biden with his handler? Oh, uh, geez, that was a disaster. But now you see how apoplectic and discombobulated he becomes at like a basic line of questioning about something we all know he clearly has said. Um, this is just super destructive to his campaign. So many people are going to be confronting him in this way. It's going to be really painful to watch. Confronting that was so him in this way of asking him about his past statements, as we'll hear from the worker in a moment. The worker has had a couple of responses. And... Um, just to recap, because some of the audio is difficult to hear in case you missed it or you're not clear. He said the guy's full of shit. He called him a horse's ass. Okay. <laughs> and he asked him if he wants, he didn't actually ask him. He said, how about I take you outside? Something to that effect. Let's meet outside and let's he fight. Said that? The, yeah, he said that in there and because the worker, Joe Biden was doing his pointing thing kind of in the guy's face. And the guy goes, okay, no, no more of that, please. And he goes, well, well, how about we take it outside, is, is what Joe said. Something Which is that worse, effect. that or him rubbing his shoulders? Rubbing whose shoulders? Anybody's shoulders. Like, would you rather have Joe Biden almost <laughs> physically assault you or like touch you inappropriately? Well, I think this is a politically disastrous encounter. It's really bad. <laughs> I think, e really yes, bad. the Joe Biden creepy things are all bad, especially when taken in totality as opposed to isolated. But I think those can be explained away plausibly to a lot of people by old man with good intentions who, you know, doesn't necessarily understand social cues. Yeah, this is, it doesn't matter though. Doesn't, president, I, president of the United States. I know I'm not saying it's fine, but I'm saying, I think that it could be explained away more easily to people. This was aggressively going after a, a, a voter, a prospective voter who is asking him about his policy position and about his past statements. I, I wanted to say a couple other things too. Uh, the fire analogy, he, he made that statement. Well, you don't have a first amendment right to yell fire in a crowded theater. Well, that's kind of a bunk analogy. Um, first of all, you can yell fire if there is an actual fire. So the distinction is you can't yell fire if you use it to hurt other people by creating a, an urgent situation in which people trample each other, or whatever else by the same reasoning, you can't use your AR 15 to harm other people. It's not fire per se it's not the ar-15 per se it's how you victimize other people with the use of that tool yeah. so that is nonsense and then um well we'll get to it in a moment joe obviously did say he would take uh assault weapons he said that explicitly he brought beto on the stage we talked about it last week talked about he's my gonna, gun guy he's gonna be my he's gonna take care of the gun problem he keeps going back to this hundred round magazine thing he did it twice we're not talking about hundred round mags. We're talking about 30 round mags and the Does assault that even weapons. Exist? There are uh, certain drum mags and stuff. Yeah. You can, you can get, uh, I, I don't know the, I don't even know what the highest capacity magazine is exist in existence is you run into certain engineering problems when you try to do them too big. I can't do this election but, season. It's I'm, I'm going to cringe myself to death. It's so <laughs> hard to like Trump in 2016 was hard to watch because I was always like, Oh, what stupid thing is he going to say? But, 
Biden is just a this is a dementia laden disaster. Like I don't even it's know what it's gonna he's be talking. so embarrassing. Do you need a hundred rounds? Well, your assault weapons ban that you're pushing be renewed or restored, that restriction was 10. So you're just talking about restricting standard capacity AR mags or other style mags that are 30 rounds. Okay. And this uh, guy was right. The left still cannot distinguish between a machine gun and a semi-automatic weapon. No, and I don't even know what Joe was saying. I legit can't follow him because he's asking if machine guns are illegal. Well, technical issue, technically they are. They're just heavily regulated. So there's that. But in this case, he, he seemed to just conflate AR-15s and machine guns or treat them as though they're the same. I'm not even sure what his point was. If it was you, any other candidate, I would say that they're I would say that they're cynically doing that deliberately, but I think that he may just not understand that this is can you own a machine gun? No, if okay, no, if, broadly speaking, but the, we'll we'll take that point. Can you own a machine gun? No. Can you own an AR-15? Yes, but his point is if you can't own a machine gun, you shouldn't be able to own an AR-15. Why? They're not the same uh functionally. They're not the same technology. Why does that follow? It doesn't make a lot of sense. And then I don't know if you caught, this is another subtle point in the exchange. Uh, Jerry Wayne, the worker says, yeah, you did say these things. They're viral video clips. And Joe Biden says, yeah, they're like all the other viral videos that are a lie. <laughs> That's what he's, it's you talking on video. How is it a lie? Uh, anyway, Jerry Wayne, the uh, worker, uh, he did go on, um, on the Rubin report, I would recommend that to people if want to hear if you want to hear him talk at length. I know he was on Fox and Friends, I think, this week, and he seems like a cool guy that I would definitely want to have a beer with. He seems like a guy that I'd get along with quite well. And he did a um, he did a spot with the NRA describing his reaction or his reasoning in the in the questioning. Joe Biden wants to take my AR-14. Let's just not tell him what it really is. My name is Jerry Wayne, and all I wanted to do is ask a presidential candidate a question. I didn't intend to start a fight. All I did was ask Joe how he was going to win over the union vote when he's planning on coming after our guns with Beto O'Rourke. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. I watched a video where he wanted to make assault weapons, or America's most popular rifle, illegal. And you say, I'm full of shit? Really, Joe? All I did was ask you about your own comments. So the, to, to gun owners out there who say, well, a Biden administration means they're going to come for my guns. Bingo. You're right if you have an assault weapon. The fact of the matter is they should be illegal, period. Politicians that have been in office for as long as Joe Biden need to be reminded that they work for us. We do not work for them. Americans should be able to ask candidates seeking the highest office what's going to happen to their rights. They can take away our AR-14s, our AR-16s, and all of our 100-round magazine clips. They don't exist. <laughs> uh, thank you to the NRA production team for the very loud, dramatic music. <laughs> I know, which was like the audio mixing on that was just terrible. It's hard to hear what he's saying, but yeah. But as far um, as other superficial comments, uh, that guy was pulling off overalls like a champ. So yeah. good for him. Great beard. I, I'm surprised Excellent you didn't go straight beard. for the beard. Yeah, good beard, good beard. I mean, of course, he's right about all this. And then I like how you can tell that it's one shot you know, one trigger pull right in the beginning. It's like, Oh okay. yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, <laughs> and I, I appreciate the commemorative Joe Biden AR 14. I saw a lot of manufacturers this week making different iterations 
of uh, Joe Biden uh, AR-14s with dog face pony soldiers on them and you're full of shit captions and all that sort of stuff. I was tempted to buy, but I held off. I will not be making a Joe Biden commemorative rifle, at least not yet. And um, we'll keep it moving quickly here. Th- that might have only been uh, Joe Biden's second worst disaster of the week. Did you catch any of this no. virtual town no. hall? Don't, don't make okay. me want, don't make me want. On Friday, he attempted to hold an, this, an online campaign event since in-person events are now canceled due to coronavirus. I, I always feel awful when our show has technical difficulties because I hate disappointing the audience and I hate failing to deliver as expected. And I always joke that we're a duct tape production around here because we are. Keep this in mind, the, try to justify some of my own, you know, past uh, production difficulties. I don't have a multi-million dollar campaign budget. And um, people at Joe Biden's campaign could have just called someone like me to say, can you string together a minimally functional event? So what they tried to do was have Joe Biden just talk into a camera like he's giving a campaign stump speech. And then they tried to have... I guess campaign supporters or just random people call in on Zoom software, so like Skype, to ask him questions. And what happened was a few things. First of all, you have the typical Joe Biden gaffes, so he can't remember at what point in time he'll actually become president if he's elected. And then I don't think he, it's either that he doesn't understand or he thinks that he's just so used to doing campaign events where he can walk around the stage. He just kind of walks off camera for a little while and nobody really moves him back into place. This on top of the technical difficulties of just horribly, uh, just horribly garbled audio, uh, at the start that you can't even listen to. And then I guess they're just bringing in video callers who clearly are not expecting to be brought in. Like one guy's frantically blocking his web webcam. Cause he's not expecting to be on camera. Check out how some of this went. Well, I can promise you that when I'm president, better, better, cover better. Truth for me, our administration. I will bring in random guy with a green screen. I will make that responsibility, and I can get it done. I can get it done quickly. Okay, his mic wasn't working. Whatever he had, a lav mic, I don't know. So they actually have him talk into a phone. And this is where he starts going into classic Joe mode and people will be covered. But even I can't do that for another two year, another a year between now and November, or actually January. Oh, but to be covered, oh which means that they can't build any factories or any, any, anything within one mile of the estuary of the Delaware River and the Atlantic yeah, no, Ocean, just going away. Chesapeake. And so well, the whole point of this is that we can do a lot to deal with endangered species. And one of the things I would like to raise is that we have to deal with this on an international <laughs> basis as well. Because right now, for example, we yeah, have they just, thing, uh, you know, just fade to Biden the, campaign the graphic because they're okay. trying to clear the Amazon in order to make money <laughs> in agriculture. Oh, okay. the cringe is gonna kill me. I'm gonna be the first death by cringe. Not coronavirus. Because the cringe is viral at this point. Yeah. I can't oh, wait. God. I can't wait till Biden v. Trump. How can God. you want to watch this? It's so painful. Oh, it's going to be the best. Meanwhile, Bernie won't quit. Now, I f- fully expected on Wednesday, he, he announced he was going to have a press conference. I thought, okay, he's going to come out and he's going to quit. That's what he's doing. Uh, no, he actually comes out and he announces that he's staying in the race because, in part, 
His ideas are winning, just not in terms of votes. Listen to this explanation. While we are currently losing the delegate count, approximately 800 delegates for Joe Biden and 660 for us, we are strongly winning in two enormously important areas which will determine the future of our country. Poll after poll, including exit polls, show that a strong majority of the American people support our progressive agenda. Do they? Okay. <laughs> this is what progressives always say. Oh, Americans broadly support our progressive ideas. They poll well. 80% of people agree with our ideas, something like that. Well, that's because the question is always something like, should people have access to healthcare? 80% yeah. of people say, yeah. Oh, amazing. Uh, do you believe we should have a clean environment? 80% of people said, yes. Unbelievable. Do you believe everyone should earn lots of money? Yeah, sure. Okay. When you start explaining how you're going to have centralized government control achieve all of these things, people start going, maybe I don't not. know. Yeah. That was part of Elizabeth Warren's downfall is she just lied to explain how Medicare for all would actually happen. Okay, um, and, and now that the field has actually thinned and it's just Bernie and, and Joe, there's plenty of time to scrutinize the things that Bernie says. And the more that happens, the more people reconsider. But AOC, who, before we get into what she had to say, she, she actually appeared on Fox News this week. She did a Fox News interview with Brett Baer. So one, Couldn't I will- Couldn't go on Tucker, could she? Oh, I'd love to see it. God, oh that'd be awesome. Oh my gosh. That'd He's be awesome. it lately. Uh, yeah, he was talking about the pharmaceutical issue. That's, mm -hmm. that's where a lot of people sent me that link and thank you for that. I, that's and he's good. just been calling it the Wuhan virus, which I really like. Oh, and it was so, so racist. Yeah. You can't say those things. Yeah. Uh, but I will credit AOC for appearing on Fox news. Now I know that's relative to her past refusal to discuss with anyone who doesn't share her insane views, but I will credit someone for making a gesture that I think is in the right direction. Good for her. And actually in fairness, if you go and watch this whole interview with Brett Baer, I thought she was pretty well-spoken. I may not agree with everything she was saying, but overall, pretty good interview on her part. She did, however, say that a, a, a primary reason why Bernie lost so badly on uh, uh, last Tuesday, on Mini Tuesday, is because of voter suppression. People are trying to vote, but they just can't. Hmm. So how can you say the progressive position is still prevailing nationwide when Joe Biden is winning mm -hmm. so much? Well, I think one thing that we that isn't being talked about is the rampant voter suppression in this country. Right there in Ann Arbor, where we had that uh, rally, those kids were waiting three hours in line to vote in Michigan. And so when we talk about who's turning out and who's not turning out, we absolutely... So just to be clear, you're saying that you think voters didn't get to vote, they wanted to vote in Michigan? Absolutely. You know, obviously... Obviously, there's also more that we need to do in terms of turning out youth voters. It's uh, we need to make sure that we're inspiring young people to turn out. But when you do turn out, you should not be waiting three, four, seven hours in order to vote. Fine. Joe Biden and AOC want to run the Democratic Party into the ground. Fine. I'm fine with that. Hmm. Well, uh, in terms of what she was saying there, uh, Bernie lost Michigan by over 260,000 votes. Were there 260,000 people waiting in line and they got discouraged and they went home? Is that really what happened? And then uh, I'd like her to explain to me, well, Bernie won Michigan in 2016, of course. 
what I, I don't know. Maybe something has changed since then. I actually don't know. Or if it hasn't, why was Bernie able to overcome Michigan's voter suppression in 2016 Before, to yeah. beat Hillary? And if this is a new problem, then could it, and it actually does exist, which it clearly doesn't, then isn't it likely the result of some bureaucratic issue, some administrative issue that's causing these supposed long lines, yeah. which would be the fault of Democrats anyway? It's government, mm -hmm. government uh, administration and government control is the problem when people I don't like have the reins of power. But if you gave me the reins of power, everything would run perfectly. I totally won't screw it up, guys. I promise. Uh, I trust her to run everything from uh, voting to my health care to mm -hmm. my retirement to every aspect of my life, really. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to put that trust in AOC. Well, what's the state of the race for Tuesday? Because, of course, we... Uh, unless these things also get canceled, I think Louisiana is actually postponing their primary because of coronavirus i had read i don't know if other states are making those decisions now but as of What's now happen yeah what are they going to do voting is scheduled for arizona ohio illinois and florida on tuesday uh, the momentum keeps rolling away from bernie fast so joe biden now enjoys a 22 point polling lead nationally according to the rcp polling average it's a poll of polls not just one poll it's all of them aggregated uh national polls don't mean a lot of course you got to win the states but Bernie has no chance in Florida uh, because they're old and they're Cuban. A lot of them. It's like he's, <laughs> he's screwed. Yeah. He's screwed in Florida. That's not going to happen. The polling looks terrible for him there. Biden is up by five to 10 points in Arizona. And we don't have recent polling for Illinois or Ohio. These are all delegate rich states, though. Uh, frankly, I'll be surprised if Bernie wins a single one of them yeah. on Tuesday. I think Bernie would have been wise to use that... Uh, that Wednesday press conference to uh, play the Sarah McLaughlin music and get the hell out of here. But apparently we'll have to wait to do that. I don't know. Do you think my guess is he gets destroyed on Tuesday and he's out by the time we talk next week. My guess I is agree. we're doing the, I will remember you for Bernie next week. I agree. I mean, it, I just can't believe that Democrats are, are they're hanging all their hopes on Joe Biden. Really? Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a show. And the, and the question too is how does the party heal? So this is interesting reporting in uh, the New York post over the weekend because um, prominent Bernie bros are saying, listen, screw you. If you pick Joe Biden, this mm -hmm. of course happened to some degree in 2016. Um, but uh, according to this reporting, prominent Bernie bros are promising a mass exodus. If the democratic party picks Biden quote, we will never, never, all caps, boost or support Joe Biden or defend his abysmal record and terrible policy positions, says Henry Williams, executive director of the Gravel Institute, speaking to the New York Post. I do expect a massive exodus from the Democratic Party if Joe Biden is the nominee. Recall that 12% of Bernie supporters from the 2016 primary went on to support Trump in the 2016 general. Ooh, that's a lot. That's, that's almost unbelievable. And those are the people who actually switched their votes, who actually made the votes. That's not counting people who just went, screw this and abstained. Yeah. Which I could also see being a huge portion of oh, Bernie yikes. people. Maybe worse this time around because, you know, fool me once, this is fool me twice. I don't know if Bernie got screwed as bad this time around as he did in 2016, but that's based only on what we can see. And we know the DNC is as corrupt as the day is long. It's hard to ignore the way this all developed perfectly to Joe Biden's favor and perfectly against Bernie Sanders interest. Um, so I don't blame right. them. I don't blame you if you're a Bernie bro who's like, screw this. I can't support this party. Yeah, I wouldn't either. 
Yeah, I mean, it means that they made a unilateral decision. They had all these secret meetings about what they were going to do and then decided to edge out a bunch of women and minorities. Uh, so, you know, they want to talk about racism in the campaign. It's This is unbelievable to me. Actually, it's not. We, pr we pretty much knew this was going to happen, right? I had uh, no idea. I, there was a minute there where I, I was pretty confident Bernie was going to be the guy. Like rolling into like pre-Super Tuesday. I was like, they're actually going to do this. Like post I thought it was going to be Elizabeth Warren for a while. Well, once once Bernie started winning early states, doing well in early states, I was like, damn, this is actually going to happen. We're actually going to do this. Yeah. But then I mean, the DNC intervention happened. But like people four to months judge ago, Amy got in line. I was like, Elizabeth Warren has the most credibility amongst moderate Democrats. Right? And she hasn't even made an endorsement yet. She's still sitting out. Well, Not that anyone cares. That's also but. a tactic. Hmm. Anyway, uh, I want to get into the follow-up with Mara Gay about the MSNBC math flub, but we, we're well past due for a break, so why don't we check in with some uh, Super Chat. Sure. Streamlabs and, and such. Um, do, do, do. Eric Ray says, COVID-19 will no longer be called the Kung Flu, but it will forever be known as the Boomer Doomer. <laughs> uh, do you know what I realized today? I heard I Boomer I'm... Remover. That's what that's I heard. Good. That's good, too. Yeah. Uh, which I, I, I disavow, of course. Anyway. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> Bernie and uh, Biden are so old that they're not even boomers. They're in the I silent know. generation. I, I incorrectly referenced them as boomers in the Skype chat with you. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they were born. Let me know in the live chat if I'm wrong about this, that they were born in like 1943. Oh, that doesn't count. Them... It's only, I thought, I don't know. Let me know. It's, in the right, live on the, chat. it's right on the edge but I'm fairly certain they're, they're in the silent generation. So that's so fucking old. That is so old <laughs> yeah. that like older than boomers. <laughs> are you people serious? Is such a thing conceivable? I know. Is such a thing possible? I know. I yeah. Know. Biden was born in 42. So when did boomer, when does the boomer, boomer generation start? It's post-war, but 45. Yeah. So they're, um, they're cut off like right. silent generation. cut off. I stand corrected. Crazy. Uh, Zach Coggins, Corona's got my company a little paranoid, so now I get uh, to work from home for the next few weeks. This gives me more time since I have an hour commute, so why not stay up with my sanity safe space? Well, awesome. Silver lining. Thanks for this. hanging out with us uh, yep. and stay safe. Another perk is I don't have to talk to anybody throughout my day in my life. <laughs> so that's the thing is like the, the, the individualist in me is like, I'm determined not to let this impact my day-to-day -day life. I will refuse to be coerced into all this nonsense. And then I think, yeah, but I actually like hate going and talking to people and social distancing is like my normal my policy. Fantasy, yeah. <laughs> no, I just hate being told by someone else that I can't do what I want to do. Yeah. That's the natural resistance that I have. So. Yeah. But I do want to binge watch call the midwife. And there are like 10 seasons of it. So there you go. Go coronavirus. Uh, Big LC. Excuse me. I'm just a burping farting machine now. It's, I can't <laughs> do anything about it. My husband's really grossed out. Uh, Big LC. Andrew Gillum really wrecked his political career. One can say he really monkeyed it up. Oh, that's right. That's right. He did monkey it up. Don't forget. That's very racist uh, of you. But he did monkey up his social yep. life and his political career. Glad I've stocked up enough food to last month. Scenes from Aussie supermarkets this weekend have been insane. Yep. I bet. Yeah. I'm sure it's all over. Richard Enormous BRB got to take care of my elderly, elderly, elderly neighbor, Dorothy. She pays me seven toilet paper squares per happy time. <laughs> but is it worth it? You got to do what you can in the new toilet paper economy. 
It's like Venezuela out here. Yeah. JB Dude 9061. Cheers to working from home and sweatpants for two weeks. Seriously, if this apocalypse doesn't live up to the hype, I'll be so pissed. We're already lied to in 2000 with Y2K and 2012 Mayan calendar. I hope this is a Y2K situation. I hope. We'll see. Yeah. I I think we're, like I said, I think we're going to be fine in the end. And I'll say that the hysteria was overblown and people, other people will say, no, the preventative measures are actually what saved us. And we'll go, okay, preventive. whatever. Preventive measures. I thought Ugh. it was, pre- it's not preventative. No, that's the worst thing about the coronavirus, including Sorry. all the deaths is that I have to hear people say preventative. Over I was unaware. I'll, I'll go, I'll correct going <sighs> forward. Tom, one, two, one, two. I, I'm sorry. I hate it when people correct my grammar. It's really obnoxious. I, I've, I've always heard or preventative. Or is that syntax? No. I don't know. Is preventative not technically a word or is that? Uh... It's worked its way into Merriam-Webster because of incorrect overuse. Well, they like are the authorities. Oh, irregardless is bullshit. If that's, yeah, but if that's it's in on the dictionary with, now. If it's on par with you. Okay. Well, then we, uh, I'm with you. Team Perfect. preventive. If it, if we if that's what we have to do to take a stand against irregardless, it's preventive. <laughs> Anything against yeah. take a stand against irregardless. Tom twelve twelve. Oh my gosh! Watching the debate, the moment when Bernie says, "Go to the YouTubes." I did see I that. Died. I missed it. Go to it. the YouTube. See Joe talking about uh, when he oh. supported this and opposed that. Yeah. Arson I N V. Uh, shout out to the anti-vaxxers on the front lines of morgue duty. Blackwing02, I just got informed now that I have a three-day weekend due to the needing of a deep clean at my workplace because someone who came back from the Netherlands tested positive for COVID-19. So wow. here's some Corona bucks. That sucks. Oh, well, thank you. The Angry Penguin, no note. Uh, thank you. Grim Turd. I am... <laughs> my mom just texted me. Thanks, Rebecca. It's preventive. I, well, now she's there you go. me again. Hi, Blondes Mom. Thank you for tuning in. Hi, Mom. Um... Grim turd. I am the great cornholio. I need TB for my bunghole. Are you threatening me? My bunghole will not wait. I saw a great meme of Beavis and Butthead that just said when the ladies uh, find out you have TP for their bungholes and it was just these women <laughs> caressing Beavis and Butthead. Fantastic. Uh, this is a real job. This is what I do. <laughs> uh, Aeolian. Uh, great intro. Military has effectively canceled all leave. Trump isn't Caesar. He's Sulla. Elon Musk speaks truth to AF brass and they hate it. China has to stop reporting COVID numbers because it's zombie land. Call Mm. your grandparents and say you love them. Um, That was a big donation. Thank you, sir. Well, that's the other thing cited by people who favor like massive intervention right now. They say, look, China's done it and now it's flattening off. Cases are are reduced. I don't trust a damn thing. The Chinese government says there are other, there are certain countries I'll trust more than those. China's way low on the list. I don't give a shit what the Chinese government says. I don't care. There's have no we, way I trust that. Have we even like in any of the coronavirus segments talked about what a huge blow to globalism this is going to be? We should be talking well, about some silver lining stuff here. The, I did see a tweet from Gab that said, you know, look at look at the effect of coronavirus. Suddenly everyone's a prepper. Suddenly everyone's interested in 2A and self-defense. Suddenly everyone's thinking about homeschooling. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's making these home cooked meals. They're like, what seeds am I going to get for this year to plant in my small garden? How am I going to protect my family? It's like, yeah, that is, is going to make everything better. That is know. a benefit. And whether the worry is warranted or not, being forced to think about an existential threat will change your perspective on a lot of things. I mean, when I, for me, when I realized that as you grow older and say you have a family to protect or you have property to protect, suddenly you think about those things more too, where it's like, okay, I don't have, I don't have parents or a nanny or the state to do these things for me 
It's on me to protect this stuff, yeah. including myself. So I, d- I do see a silver lining there too, in terms of We've people's perspective getting shaken up a little bit. Yes, definitely. Yeah. We've grown too comfortable. And then I don't think that anybody really realized that 90% of our pharmaceuticals and antibiotics 100%. came from China. I mean, I had no that, idea. I am. No I idea. live in this realm and I heard that and I was shocked. Yeah. I was like, how could we possibly let this happen? This was so obvious. It was so obvious that eventually there would be a disruption in the supply chain. Something would happen in China because it's a fucking mess over there. Um, how could we do this to our country? And if if coronavirus turns out to be not that bad, the fatalities aren't that bad, people are able to kind of walk it back a little bit. And then we're like, fuck you, China. No more manufacturing with you, you weird bat eaters. Self-sufficiency maybe it'll be worth it. is always awesome whether you're talking about your own personal life or whether you're talking about your own country and i know that you can't be self-sufficient for literally everything whether it's for your own person or in your own country but to the degree that you can maximize it that is always of benefit and we're all guilty of this too like during the coronavirus outbreak i ordered a bunch of stuff from amazon and then it came to my house and i'm like this all was made probably in China. It's sitting in my living room in a quarantine right now until it hits 27 days. I'm I not spray opening those Febreze packages. on it every day to try no, to control. No, I will not open yeah. those packages until they've been here for 27 days because I'm like, it's the incubation period and yeah. I, just, I don't want to worry about it. But I mean, we're all guilty because we allowed the ease of ordering cheap Chinese shit online. To well, outweigh- at some level, I don't, I don't necessarily care about cheap plastic products or whatever fine i don't necessarily care if that if that stuff is made overseas at some level we got to figure out a way to return manufacturing that is of essential crucial value yeah. like 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 pharmaceuticals to this country i don't know what the answer to that is but there's got to be a way to, to create my preference would be create that make that happen through incentives i don't want to mm-hmm. force people to make things they don't want to make in places they don't want to do it or whatever, but yeah, there's got to be an incentive. an incentive. Coronavirus is incentivizing or disincentive. That's a natural, yeah, it's, it's a, a natural, natural incentive, yeah, yeah or a I, I, lab created <laughs> incentive. Sure, sure. Um, okay, let's do a few more. Austin Olson, my woman came home sick today, complaining of kung flu symptoms. She's a server oh, no. at a restaurant south of the Twin Cities, thinking of upping our life insurance policy. Um, yeah, and if you don't like her, you'll get the money, and she's dead too. <laughs> But seriously, hope she does well. Uh, thank, <laughs> thank you for supporting the show. All right, you're not going to top that one. Oh, Let's stop there for now okay. and come back to it. Why and we'll am remember, I mean to the people? We'll that remember that money. one later where we left off. It was the one where you joked about the restaurant lady dying. Uh, anyway, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Uh, real quick, I'll get through some Streamlabs. Um, Philip says, what did Ilhan Omar's husband say when he caught her cheating on him? Uh, I'm going to tell mom. I'm going to tell our mom. But <laughs> Philip also says, how to do identity politics right? I'm glad that Epstein and Weinstein were convicted. I could never vote for Bernie, but please be nice to Ben Shapiro. I get what you're saying, but come back to me when you have a $600,000 security bill. I never know if these are serious or if they're tongue in cheek or what's going on here. But Epstein was never convicted, at least uh, on the charges for which he was in uh, awaiting trial when he was uh, when he committed suicide. Right? Tragically committed suicide, yeah. Uh, Sid says Corona Chan has canceled all my birthday festi- uh, festivities. Sorry to hear that, but happy birthday. But at least I can still hang out with you fine snow apes. Does blonde count as a snow ape? Do you get, are you part I'm of my tribe? I'm not Scandinavian. I'm, yeah, you gotta I'm be, English. So you gotta be like Denmark or North, don't you? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, close enough, I guess. Sergeant Snow Ape says, don't worry, ape. We'll be all right. But now it's time to learn to fight Snow Ape Uprising 2020. Again, I'm interested in the movement. 
ever since that Scandinavian Airlines ad. They need to redo that and say, what what does the world bring us to Scandinavia? Coronavirus and ISIS yeah, really. terrorists. I know. They all come in on Scandinavian Airlines. And then that guy, right. that black guy is like, I'm a Viking. And then he falls over dead from coronavirus. <laughs> Candy, Candy Mac says, I hope the social distancing works. And if it does, people will um, say, we didn't need to do that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'll be one of those people, admittedly, freely. I know that um, that's not a universally held opinion, but I'll, I'll be there. Um, Florida finding more. Our docs are still fighting with the CDC over who can get tested. Fellow uh, RT uh, in Georgia has 12 bad cases. She continues. She says in 21 years, she's never seen patients deteriorate so quickly. All 12 in on 100% oxygen, seven of them on ventilators and at incredibly high settings. Prayers for everyone, especially our healthcare workers, protecting myself as best I can. Well, you certainly have knowledge that I do not. So I will take your word for it. And again, I will say thank you for what you're doing to help the sick people get well. And, um, and I think we can all at least say that I think the likelihood of a good outcome here, given what's going on long-term, I think is very good. So... Yeah, maybe I need to suck it up and enjoy my quarantine for a while. Although I heard Xbox Live was down today. What in the hell am I going to do without any place to go out in public and no Xbox Live? I know gonna... Netflix and Hulu were barely working last night. Yeah. So and I, I like, assume is this it's get... everybody's at home. Right yeah, now? it's going to get worse. Um, Our ratings must be pretty good tonight. How many people are well, watching live? Yeah, I mean, there's now? also the debate and then you got Crowder watching the debate, too. So we got some got some competition but uh oh i'm six percent swedish i shouldn't have my phone in front of me it's like a direct line for anybody watching the show to bug me because i give my phone over to everybody just a couple more skip mayfield says some dirty european brought uh us the i can't can i say this this is a this is a really this he says the slant sickness (laughs) (laughs) as a crew member on a cargo flight now i want to know the cdc's full budget on a Oh, I want the CDC's full budget on a trebuchet uh, large enough to yeet people into the sun. Well, here's hoping for a health, uh, I don't know, better situation for you. Sorry to hear that. And thank Bamboo you for the term flu. slant sickness. Walsey says the response to the virus reminds me of when the Democrat or reminds me of the Democrat response to supposed man-made climate change, willing to destroy the economy over perceived apocalyptic threat. Yeah, that's kind of the same perception that I have right now. And may, maybe I'm the foolish one. I, you know, we, we have people with, who are healthcare professionals who say that may be the case. So worth, worth consideration. Real quick over on DLive. And actually, before I forget, I'm going to open the treasure chest for you guys over on DLive. So I do not forget a couple Sundays ago. My apology for that. ETC says, hell yeah, this is how you start a show. Well, thanks. It was either the best or the worst intro I've ever, uh, I've ever made. Yeah, Crypto- it made me hate and love you. <laughs> I was sitting down. I was like, I need a song about disease. What kind of songs out there are about disease? Oh yeah. yeah. The down with the sickness by disturbed. That's the lamest possible pick I could make. That's not system of a down. No, that's oh. disturbed. Yeah. System of a down. People will be mad at you for saying that there were a lot of great. I'm disturbed, sure they're watching. Yeah. There were a lot of great disturbed memes. Sorry. I'm, I have coronavirus lingering from earlier in the week. There were a lot of great disturbed memes of the weird disturbed lead singer guy saying, uh, you can't get infected with coronavirus if you're already down with the sickness. Good one. Crypto Crook says, no matter how much chaos is out there, it's not going to stop me from supporting you the eighth time. Well, thank you for keeping count. I appreciate that. I don't think anyone's ever done that. 
Uh, Crypto also says, you're my favorite YouTube duo. Siloth, oh. thank you. Silosopher uh, uh, just uh, sends over a diamond. Thank you for that. Darth Jones as well. Thank you. ETC says, new intro equals mails. How many have you gotten already? I haven't checked my email during the stream. The great thing is I've created an intro where one thing stays the same and the other thing changes week to week. And if it's horrific one week, you know I'm going to do something different the next. So don't worry about it. <laughs> and uh, Crypto Crook says, oh my God, blonde facial expressions are priceless. Well, I'm glad you it's the Biden them. stuff. You know, it's because I I also still feel a deep pity for him. Like I just don't hate him as much as I should because it's just like this sad old man drifting into terrible dementia and everybody's watching. It's going to be a hell of a reality show. Don't you Can't feel kind of bad for him? Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting congested now. <gasps> um I better go get tested. I know. Uh, do I? Yeah, kind of. I mean, we had that interesting theory on Wednesday that Biden has engaged in a suicide by campaign pact that he actually plans to die on the campaign trail and that this will benefit the Democratic Party to get sympathy votes and it'll cover for Hunter Biden. I love all the oh, uh, potential theories about this. Sort of thing. Disaster. Uh, anyway, moving on, we got a fair amount of stuff to discuss, so we'll have to move quickly here. We got a half hour to go. Let's see what we can do. Before we get to Andrew Gillum's meth party, I wanted to circle back to a story we discussed last week. Of course, Mara Gay was the New York Times uh, writer who was on MSNBC with Brian Williams. And they had that hilarious segment where they claimed that Mike Bloomberg could have paid everyone in the country a million dollars for the same cost of his advertising. Mara Gay responded with an article in the New York Times on Wednesday blaming what else but racism, or at least saying that racism has been a hell of a thing for her to endure since that viral segment. There the were article like two white people involved in this and Brian <laughs> Williams. I'm glad that, Oh, you're talking about white people who participated in the stupid segment. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's hard to see. Uh, we ripped Brian Williams just as much as we ripped her. Yeah. We didn't even rip her uniquely when we talked yeah, about you're it. You're not a stupid black woman. You're a stupid leftist. <laughs> That's very uh, considerate of you. Thank you. I have a lot of compassion welling in my heart recently. I know. It's disgusting. Stop. It's fine. I'll have the baby and I'll go back to normal. It's okay. The article is titled, My People Have Been Through Worse Than a Twitter Mob. Well, clearly you haven't been through worse than a Twitter mob because you're writing an entire article about it like it's the injustice of your lifetime. Subtitle, When You're a Black Woman in America with a Public Voice, a Trivial Math Error Can Lead to a Deluge of Hate. That was a mammoth math error that only a retard would make. Yeah, it's not trivial. The entire premise, it was the entire premise of your argument. It was not um, just, the thing is, it was not misstating a number as as in saying 500,000 versus 500 million. It was math on the screen in front of you that you were unable to do basic division with. And then you made a whole argument based on that premise that was- You don't even have to do basic division. What was it? It was 500 million and underneath it, it said like 371 million. Or something like 327 that. 327 million U.S. population. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The, all you have to do is think those are pretty close numbers. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's literally. <laughs> so it can't it. be one times a million equals the other. It can't. No. No. <sighs> she writes, "My great sin was trivial, harmless, silly. What's it like when people are trying to cancel you for a math mistake? Weird, maddening, and painful. Who the hell tried to cancel her?" Nobody tried to get her fired. Nobody was trying to sever her financial relationships. I would, I'm open to the accusation if there's evidence, but I'm not aware of anybody who tried to cancel her. Everybody just made fun of her. That's it. 
Dude, okay. you just have to take these things in stride. We have both said really dumb stuff on the sure. stream before. You with epitome, me with Yarmulk. Yeah. And I said the number four that one time, or the letter four. The letter four, yeah. That one's not um, that bad. That's really dumb. Uh, we both said a lot of really dumb stuff. It just happens. What's going on with you? Are you going to buy? Sorry. I just I have like, I have like, I have like build up in my, in the back of my throat. Do you have respiratory problems? No, just got a little congestion. That's all. Just a little congestion. Mm -hmm. I have Corona. Yeah. I guess it doesn't really affect me outside. I'm going to go lick all the doorknobs in this entire city. (laughs) As soon as I get done. Uh, I totally forgot what I was saying. Um, But you know, it, it just happens. You just have to take in a good stride. People will like you way more. If you're like, that was really stupid. And I deserve everything that's coming to me. And then you make it a bit on your show. Like well, she we did have. actually. Yeah. And after this happened, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but after that event happened, she initially went to Twitter and she just posted, I'm off to buy a calculator. And she did the monkey emoji with the, the cl- covered eyes. Like she's embarrassed. That's and it's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of funny, but it's also kind of racist. You can't use yeah. the monkey emoji. Yeah. But, um, um that was the appropriate did reaction. That. And then yeah. shut up about it. Just shut up. Well, she's not going to do that. She also, uh, she also cites a Twitter mob in here. I don't know if I can, uh, well, she, she cites a couple people. Uh, yeah. Like one Twitter user or emailers say things like, is that you, is that you using that black girl magic? I heard about you so silly. I can't believe you have a job there. Lol, whatever. She cites a few random users. Someone thank you to Mandy on Twitter, whoever you are for doing the hard work of tracking down the actual tweets that she references. They are available here. And, uh, one of them is an account with zero followers, legit <laughs> zero followers that's existed since 2012. Uh, so shout out to Brian Barron. You might get your first follower one day. Maybe I'll do it after the stream here. If people want to help out Brian Barron, if you like his joke, uh, just saw your segment with Brian Williams, where you think $500 million would give everyone in America $1 million. Is that you using black girl magic that I heard about? You so silly. Can't believe you have a job there. Lol. So you you like that take, go follow Brian Barron. He really needs it at Brian Barron one. Another one is um, at Don Carlo and Don Carl, a bunch of numbers. You get, uh, keep thinking that you're important. Lol. You're a nobody. You fill a seat only because you're black. That's the only reason. (laughs) Cause if it was based on education or merit, you would be working at Walmart. Sometimes the truth hurts. You're a low life. Oh, it might be Blonde's burner account. I don't know. Um, but this God, person has 21 true. followers. 21 Have you followers. ever had a, a supposed Twitter mob coming at you before? No. Actually, the, clo- the closest I've had was actually... <laughs> this sounds so lame. But the one I remember the most was actually residual from when you had your tweet gate about uh, the Muslims in Germany or whatever it was. People were coming after me because they were coming after you so hard that they were looking at who's her podcast co-host. That was really scary. That was, you know, I wasn't like scared for my life, but I like, I woke up and I had like a thousand notifications. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think what I said was even that bad. And for everybody that's listening that doesn't know about this. So I, I said something moderately controversial about like seeing a bunch of migrants when I was in Germany um, like horsing around and holding hands and playing grab ass with a bunch of like straight up German phenotype women. And I'm like, what the shit is going on here? So I tweeted about it. Um, that fag, what is his name? Uh, uh, the tranny looking faggot that. <laughs> oh, what that is his guy. I know. Uh, uh, um, what we name had a debate with him. It? It's not charming oh. man. Are you, t- are you talking about river Gibbs? 
No, the one that we oh, had the debate spino, on about the spino stores. Yeah. yeah. He came after me like really hard and then like shoe on head and her boyfriend got on board with it and stuff. And it was yeah. suddenly like a deluge of people were on my ass about it. And I apologize. And to this day, regret it. So don't ever apologize. Hmm. I was like, everybody will leave me alone if I just say I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah. That's uh, well, and even then it's like, what did you do? that's the harshest you've ever faced probably. And what'd you do? You like turn it off and go about your life. Did you ever feel like you were, you feel like writing a, I don't know, multi-thousand word essay about the thing? No, but like I did sit down and sob for like five hours. Well, I didn't hear that part of the story. That was when I was meaner. So I didn't want to tell anybody (laughs) how sensitive I was. I was just scared that shoe on head was piling on. That's all. All right. Well, um, Let's uh, tell me about. We got to keep moving. So tell me about the, the meth party. I want to hear about it. Andrew Gillum, hilarious. former governor of candidate for governor of, uh, in Florida, famous for nearly monkeying up Florida. Remember, that's the guy. Yeah. So um, what happened was, okay. I guess I'll sh- I should start at the beginning. He was arrested um, because he was found vomiting and intoxicated uh, at this hotel, according to this police report. So he was found with this man who overdosed on crystal meth in the same hotel room. Um, And as it turns out, this guy was a gay male escort who had a profile on the website rentmen.com. I've seen even like porn guy, like he's a porn person or something. Yes, he's also a porn star performer Ah. who offered services, including gay massage. Um, And this (laughs) is what was in his bio. I, I don't know why I put this in. I like kissing and foreplay. Lots of kissing and foreplay. I enjoy my nipple rings, lightly played with, mutual touch and intimacy. Oh. Goes a long way. That was, that was on his profile. So okay. like we know for sure that this dude was a super gay escort. Um, so they found Andrew Gillum like totally passed out on the bed. He was not arrested, but was unable to communicate with officers due to being so Whoa. wasted. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I, why do I remember? I thought Gillum was already openly gay. No, he's married. He has three kids. I, why did I think that? I don't know why. I must be confusing him with someone else. But yeah, wife since 2009, they have three children together and he's yeah. caught with gay escort. This just got even more ridiculous. Now. Yeah, totally. Um, so this other guy rented the room on behalf of the men and arrived at the hotel around 11 p.m. to find both men severely under the influence of unknown substances. Uh, Dyson collapsed immediately on the bed after opening the door. Gillum was already in the bathroom vomiting. And so his statement on this is is like the most leftist thing I've ever heard. Doesn't even address the gay escort thing. Like, oh, this this gay escort died in a hotel room I was in. There was nothing, you know. He says, I was in Miami last night for a wedding celebration when first responders were called to assist one of my friends. Mm. Mm -hmm. While I had had too much to drink, I want to be clear, I've never used methamphetamines. I apologize to the people of Florida for the distraction this has caused our movement. Okay. Ah. Okay. Uh, and then I saw some reporting. I mean, I guess it stands to reason, but Gateway Pundit has an entire article about it. Gateway foot uh, or Gateway Pundit says body cam footage exists of Andrew Gillum meth orgy. So there's, there's gotta be body cam footage from these responding officers talking to him in this inebriated state where he can't even explain what's happening or what's happened. I don't know if we'll ever get access to that, but apparently it is out there. And then I just loved, uh, Jenks Jenks response. 
running cover for uh, Andrew Gillum. I haven't seen this. I, I wanted to wait until the show. Jenk says, the Andrew Gillum headlines are very misleading. He was not in a seedy motel by himself. He was at a high-end hotel with friends for a wedding. They were all intoxicated, as everyone in weddings are. Even if there was meth, it was on the floor. There were at least three people in the room. That's all. <laughs> you know, haven't you all had this wedding experience where you're having a jolly time celebrating the marriage of your friends? And before you know it, there's a weird gay porn escort hanging out with you and he's got little baggies of meth. And sure, they're there, but they're just on the floor. You're not really doing anything with them. And no promiscuous anal sex is going on <laughs> at all. This is not a gay orgy. I mean, so, there, presumably there was a third man that rented the room for them there. So at some I point. guess. Someone responds saying, even if there was meth, it was on the floor. The Jenk quote, what? And Jenk responds, meaning it wasn't on Gillum. The headlines make it seem like he was caught red-handed. If it was on the floor, it could have been anybody's. <laughs> of course, <laughs> it could have been anybody's. You know, how, haven't well, you ever it's, stayed it's in a hotel? It's true he might not have done meth. I don't, I don't particularly care about that. I, uh, do you think that the meth was totally, uh, that he was totally unaware no, the math. <laughs> I, mean, I think that he wanted to have sex with this gay escort. Probably. I mean, meth I is bet that I bet this guy, I bet this guy on meth is a hell of an experience, man. He looks like he's in pretty good shape. He'll probably mess you up pretty good. If he's on meth, you mean the like sexually? Is that right? I mean, like you're in for a real ride. If that guy on meth <laughs> <You> is, <know? laughs> if I would have heard like that, Andrew Gillum had done a bunch of cocaine. I'd be like, yes. Okay. But meth is kind of like a low, a low class drug. So I don't know that he actually did meth, but he clearly was having a gay orgy with a male 100%. escort, yeah. which is what we need to be focusing on. Right? And I was, like I said, I was previously even unaware of the infidelity angle. So that's a, to, to just sweep that under the rug as though that's not a consideration may not be a legal one, but it's certainly an ethical consideration with his family. And I think that's certainly a valid consideration for people who want to take him politically seriously. This guy was a rising star for Democrats. This guy was, was right, right alongside Stacey Abrams as like the new wave governors that they were trying to promote just the last election cycle. And I think he only lost by like 30,000 votes. Very, we were very close to having this guy as governor of uh, not the guy on your screen, but the guy who, did stuff with the guy on your screen as governor of, uh, of Florida. Sir, sit down, dude. Anyway, um, moving on, uh, we'll, we'll update the story if we get more information because this, this is a spicy one. Uh, Harvey Weinstein got uh, sentenced this week. What's he, he's 23 years in prison, but what are the details? Yeah, I mean, I guess we should review. We talked about this, what, it was a few weeks ago. I think it was just last week, but or, I was can't it? remember. I thought sentencing was going to be a little while, so uh, might have been a couple weeks. I, can't I guess I should just run through quickly the New York charges. Um, so the jury acquitted. These are leaving alone. Uh, the jury acquitted Mr. Weinstein of the of the most serious charges against him, which were two counts of predatory sexual assault, and those required prosecutors to prove that he had committed a serious sexual assault against at least two women. Um, and the jury had to find that he raped the actress Annabella Siora. I don't know if that's how you say her name in the early nineties at her apartment. Um, but jurors said they doubted her account and the jury also determined that he was not guilty of first degree rape in the 2013 attack on Mrs. Mann. Um, that charge required the state to prove the use of force or threat during the attack. The jury instead opted to convict him of third degree rape, which required prosecutors to prove only that she did not consent. And so what they did was these two women, one of them dated Weinstein for a long time, a long time. 
And she was the one that said that she was forcibly raped, but then had consensual sex with him. Okay. Many times after that. The other woman also had consensual sex with him after this um, initial attack. And the attack was qualified as being forcible oral sex that was performed on her. The logistics of which yeah. I... Seems nonsensical. It seems nonsensical. So, so both of these women continued banging him after the alleged event. Um, and the jury was like, nah, but still convicted him of third degree assault. And what we were talking about a few weeks ago, they brought in all of these other women who supposedly had been raped or sexually assaulted by him um, after the statute of limitations had run up in New York. So they, they were trying to create this pattern of evidence uh, by which they did end up convicting him based on accounts for uh, attacks that could no longer individually be prosecuted, which I think is just incredible horseshit. It does seem like that should be inadmissible, but I, I would like to hear a lawyer's perspective on that. It seems to violate the principles of the statute of limitations. Right. If the pattern of evidence was used um, in the ruling and in the sentencing, I don't possibly see how this could have been admissible. It's, it's, it's incredible to me. I'm very conflicted because I hate Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. I hate his guts. I just, I hate his face. I hate his stupid pig face. Every time I look at him, I'm like fucking gross, gross. He <laughs> disgusts me. And like, I don't doubt that he did rape some women, but he didn't rape these two women. He didn't. Hmm. And now he has 23 years. And it's like, is this the best evidence you guys could conjure up? I hate this yeah, whole this is... casting couch thing. I hate the Hollywood environment that he's created where he can wield his power to bang these like young, hot actresses. But this does not really qualify. Yeah, and that's the difficulty with this, how this whole case is developed. Nobody's eager to defend Harvey Weinstein in really either a legal or an ethical perspective, but certainly not an ethical perspective. But I think it is Why couldn't valid. they just wait until the Los Angeles accusations came to fruition, which is, I think the trial is still going through. And then maybe some of them held water and this wouldn't be so illegitimate. Hmm. So he got 23 years for that. Do we know how, is that a particularly harsh sentence for, for third the degree rape? Yeah. The average hmm. rapist first degree rape gets like nine years and it gets wow. whittled down to four for overcrowding and good behavior, four to five years, hmm. 23 years. I mean, he, it's basically is, a life sentence at his age. He'll, he'll yeah. probably, Oh, maybe he gets out early on good behavior or whatever. I don't know. But if this holds, he's probably dead in prison. Yes. Um, and what he said is, in, after he was able to uh, to address these women. Um, he said he was a victim of a rush of judgment, and he said, we may have different truths, but I have great remorse for all of you. I'm never apologizing. I have great remorse for all the men and women going through this crisis right now in our, in our country, which is a non-apology. Um, but I mean, my question is, like, did these women accept, and they, they prove this in, in the case, did these women accept professional favors, personal favors in exchange for sex. Was this a prostitution style arrangement, hmm. which we often see in Hollywood? Like I venture to guess that yes, it probably was. I don't like that that even exists, but is that the same thing? And I talked about this last week too, or whenever we talked about this, this reminds me so much of the OJ Simpson civil case about him stealing his own sports memorabilia whereby he got like 30 years in jail. They punish him 
they de facto punish him for the prior crime. So exactly. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, you, you never should have gotten off for the prior crime. So we're just yeah. going to throw the book at you for this other, like, much lesser crime. And, yeah. like, that's really what I'm seeing here. So I hate Harvey Weinstein. I'm glad to see that um, his life is destroyed and everything like that. But we do have to be very careful about the precedent, the legal precedent that we're setting in this way. It's It could be very damaging. And I wish they would have given him a year time served here and then let the other cases, the Los Angeles cases, which sounds like they're, they had more validity um, go through. And maybe that would have been like a more legitimate sentencing procedure because this just seems crazy to me. You heard it here. Justice for Harvey. We're on the justice for Harvey. How did I get here? Like, <laughs> I hate him. So We're going to wear much. free Harvey shirts next episode. Mm -hmm. You know, no, it's important. And actually I was saying before we went live, um, agree or not, maybe everybody doesn't. I actually am very happy to see you um, stand for principle in the face of what what you view to be um, a, you know an improper administration of justice for someone that you absolutely hate as a person. Um, it's I not feel, just that I feel I like I'm rubbing off person. on you a little bit, but I also hate this environment that he's created and he's contributed to in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but I have resentment towards the women that are like, oh, I'm going to bang this, the world's ugliest man so that I can get a movie role. But you see what happened to Mira Servino. Is that her name? The chick from Romeo and Michelle. She I refused to bang him. And um, she's actually a fantastic actress. And she was going to be in the new Lord of the Rings. And um, Harvey Weinstein told Peter Jackson to can her because she's difficult. But really, she just wouldn't fuck him. So her career after that, like, I don't remember seeing her in anything after Romeo and Michelle. Mm. And she's a fantastic actress, beautiful. She comes from like a, a, a an acting family and everything like that. So like he would ruin your career. The question is, if you're a young woman, why are you seeking fame? And like, are you so naive that you don't realize what you're going to have to do to get there? Because nobody's getting there on their merits. I know Jennifer Lawrence banged him. Mm. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, tell me what happened to Alex Jones, which also you want to move like on. It, you don't have to. You, you're not going to opine on this. Uh, well, we're, we're up against the clock, and I think that you've, you know, you've you've done a good breakdown of it. That was and a I, whole. I, point, I and I really wanted something back. I, I share your concerns. I think I agree with another that. bullshit story that we're <laughs> talking about right now is the yeah. Alex Jones arrest. So I see the other day on Daily Mail that he gets pulled over, like he's looking rough in his mugshot. But he, it's like the headline, like Alex Jones arrested for DUI. And then like 20 lines down, it's like he blew a 0. 0.076. Yeah. Like how on earth did he get arrested for DUI? So I look into this. What happened was, it sounds like his wife, who, who with whom he is in a very awful custody dispute right now. They're, they're in the midst of getting divorced. They might already be getting divorced. I don't know. Something is This thing's on. been ongoing for a while, his battle it's been with ongoing. his wife. Yeah, right. So they went out to dinner at a sushi restaurant. He had a bottle of sake. Um, and then he ended up walking home. I don't know. They got in an argument. I don't know if it started at the restaurant, but whatever. She got home somehow, and he ended up walking home three miles from the restaurant. Then they continue the fight at home, and he leaves uh, in a car. She calls the cops and is like, Alex Jones is driving around all shit-faced. The cops pull him over. He only blows a 0.076, which is below the legal limit in Texas. But then they say that he fails his field sobriety test. Yeah. 0.08 is not that drunk. That's probably two drinks. 
a drink an hour, two drinks tops. And he's a small guy. Like he's wide, but he's, but he's a short guy, you know? So a bottle of sake, like four hours prior, I believe that that's about a 0.076 probably. Um, and his wife, after that, they said they detected a, a strong odor of alcohol. So apparently it's not just what you blow that dictates whether or not you get a DUI. Yeah. That's what the, the authorities are saying in this case. The article made it sound like he was on other drugs, but I've seen no evidence of that. Hmm. Um, and then after this, she files for full custody, emergency custody. For it is kid. awfully convenient, awfully convenient. Even if you are, um, you know, inclined to be uh, not generous to Alex Jones in your interpretation of these facts, it does seem like there was some malicious intent on the part of the wife piecing it together. If reading between the lines, it sounds like she plied him with alcohol. He wouldn't drive home, so he didn't fall into her trap at that time. Yeah. And then after they got into a horrific fight later, she was opportunistic, called the police, and then used that as an opportunity to file for emergency custody. Here's a, here's a brief statement from Alex Jones on his show, just emphasizing the fact that he did not blow over the legal limit. Here is my alcohol test right here. Oh, Two of them yoke. they put on there. 0.076 and then 0.079. They kept testing, 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 but that's the best ones they could get right there. So Alex Jones, there's your takeaway. Innocent. Alex Jones arrested for DWI and was below the legal limit. Hmm. Yeah, below the legal limit. Um, so the media is making it seem like he's abusive to his wife and like he was on a bunch of other drugs, but it seems like Alex Jones is just getting railroaded again and it's going to be used in the divorce proceedings mm. and the custody dispute with his wife we'll see we will uh, update the story if more information becomes available of course um got a few more things to talk about we're just tied up against the clock so i will keep it moving uh, a, a few people sent me this story this week as a potential a, a potential additional case of red flag gone wrong of course we've seen a few examples across the country famously that uh, maryland one i believe where you have red flag orders uh, you know, the spouse or family member, whoever says, I don't like Larry, he's dangerous and he has guns. Go raid him and take his guns. Cops show up to raid you and uh, sometimes have lethal consequences. And people were worried that this case in um, in uh, in Maryland or um, yeah, Montgomery County, Maryland, this recent case was another example of that. And there's not a lot of good information on this just yet, but based on the information that is out, I don't necessarily think that's exactly what this was. Again, qualifying with more information is going to come out. It could change, but I just want to temper some worry that that's exactly what we're seeing so far. So this, um, so according to his attorney, this Maryland man, a Maryland man was asleep in his bedroom when police opened fire from outside of his house, killing him and wounding his girlfriend from outside the, his house. That's what his lawyer says. The Montgomery County Police Department uh, has yet to release full details about the fatal shooting that happened on Thursday. The warrant police obtained to search his home doesn't mention any imminent threat. The man's relatives say in a statement, a police statement Thursday says members of the police department's tactical unit were serving a quote, high risk search warrant to unspecified firearms offenses. They showed up around 4.30 a.m. On Friday, a police news release said the man, his name is Duncan Lemp, confronted police and that's why the shooting happened if that's true that would contradict the sleeping claim from the lawyer so i'm not even sure what happened did the guy have a confrontation with cops was he sleeping in his bed when he was shot you have conflicting statements police say they recovered three rifles and two handguns from his home but here's the kicker 
Um, Lemp was a prohibited person, according to police. So that means he's a felon or he's a fugitive or he's an illegal alien or he's otherwise prohibited from firearms possession. Uh, and the, and um, they didn't say why he's a prohibited person. We don't know exactly why, but he's prohibited mm. from firearms possession. The uh, And that's why they had made this uh, arrest attempt, apparently because he has multiple firearms in his home. The unspecified officer who made the fatal shot was placed on administrative leave. That is a uh, standard for any fatal shooting event. So that doesn't necessarily implicate the officer just yet. Uh, we'll have to wait for more information, but um, as some of this information has come out, it doesn't necessarily look to me strictly like a red flag raid. It wasn't that someone we said, don't have enough information and then shooting from the outside. That's weird. And we don't typically see that. Yeah. Uh, unrelated coma just said, you have to admit there's something aggressive about just sleeping there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't, it doesn't look like, or sound like this was um, a family member saying he's dangerous. Get him. It's more of whatever the reason this was a guy who is not supposed to have guns who had guns. Right. We can have that whole debate. I'm not saying that that makes, that means the police are automatically justified either. Just saying I, I I'm pausing, calling this a red flag gone wrong just yet we need more information um and, and again i'll stress it doesn't mean that the police acted rightly it doesn't mean that he acted rightly but we just don't have enough information to draw political conclusions from this one just yet so uh we'll hold off on that story and update that one as well if more information becomes available meanwhile uh take a pee break if you need it because it's time for the hoax hate of the week Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. <laughs> you think they'll notice? It's a product of Trudeau's Canada. By the way, Trudeau's wife has coronavirus, if you didn't oh, see that uh. one this week. And um, real quick before we get into it, shout out to the to the Pink Panther copyright holders for fucking off and stop flying. I know, thank you. <laughs> I told them to fuck off and they finally did. So thank you for that. And uh, as you can see on your screen, a Winni Winnipeg synagogue has been hit hard by swastika or a swastika spray painted outside. Uh, Leah Neller found this swastika behind the building. It's on a uh, garbage bin in the back of the synagogue. She says, it just hit hard. The stories that my parents have told me, that was the beginning of the end. She's referencing like, anti-Semitic graffiti in the Holocaust area. So it's official Holocaust who is on. We know that for sure. There aren't pictures that I've seen, but according to her husband, Marshall, there were several failed swastika attempts uh, on this garbage can, but they finally got the one that you can see, right? The orientation is correct. You know, it's the shape is correct. All that it might be at the wrong angle, but close enough. Uh, <laughs> says Marshall, they weren't very good at doing this. But there is one that is very clearly a swastika. So yet again, uh, a real Nazi. One, needs swastika practice. And two, hates Jews so much he's only going to do uh, real damage on the garbage bin behind the temple uh, instead of anything of significant value. If we learn who did this atrocity in Trudeau's Canada, we will update the story. This one is insane. <laughs> Out of uh, Southern California, this is... Anna Yelly Dominguez Pena. She's a former University of Laverne student who claimed last year she was threatened and attacked on campus. She's now denying new charges that she sent the threats to herself and members of her social justice group and lied to police. She's pleading not guilty to a felony count 
of making a criminal threat, a felony count of perjury, as well as additional misdemeanor charges. She faces a maximum sentence of eight years in prison if convicted, but it's California. So they'll, they'll let her go in a restorative justice model, San Francisco yeah, really. style. And then be like, also bring your whole family in from whatever. <laughs> On March 1st, 2019, she says she found a smoking backpack in her parked car, which led to the school canceling classes. She said, and it's not just that she said she found it. There was in fact a smoking backpack in her car and it shut down the whole school. She allegedly sent seven threats through email or social media. Plus one was a physical note to various school officials. She did this while impersonating the president of one of the campus fraternities. She was trying to frame a frat president says Laverne Police Chief Nick Paz, quote, I think she was trying to instigate some racial issues within the university. She was sending messages to certain people and the comments that were being sent were of a racial nature. She also sent threats to the leader of her social justice group, but police do not believe that the leader of the group was involved in the scheme. Investigators have been unable to confirm if she fabricated a physical attack on herself that was reported and if she is the one that put the smoking backpack in her own car, but that is suspected the perjury charge you may be wondering what's the perjury charge the perjury charge is is added because she applied for compensation from the california victim compensation board bold that board provides grant assistance so dollars to people who are the victims of crime she returns to court on april 14th if we haven't died of corona apocalypse by then Oh, Lastly, boy. I like updating, uh, I like following hoax hate with real hate that you'll never hear about. Of course, we saw the one in San Francisco that did get a lot of traction on Twitter, but, you know, isn't nationally discussed. This one out of Fresno, it's a, it's a murder of four people. It's actually from 2017, but there's a newly released recording of, uh, of the investigation that was played at this guy's trial in California. So on the screen there, you can see Corey Ali Muhammad, who is obviously African-American, He killed four people by shooting in California in 2017. So this all started when he was at a hotel and a security guard there. He was at a hotel visiting a friend and there was some policy about him paying a visitation fee or he didn't like the way the hotel was treating him. And a security guard was particularly rude. So as surveillance photo or surveillance video shows, he just the the security guard was disrespectful to him. So he just walked up and shot him in the back. Killed him. As you do. Then he fled the scene. And he stopped at a coffee shop and he connected to the Wi-Fi. And he noticed on the internet that there was a manhunt out for him. And he figured, well, hell, if I'm going down, quote, the best thing to do would be to kill as many white men as I can. So he went outside. He decided to leave the coffee shop. He saw a power company truck, PG&E. And there was a Mexican driver and a white guy with him. And uh, Corey says he thought, quote, when I walked up to the trunk, when I walked up to the truck, I saw a Mexican driver and a white guy. I didn't want to target the driver because he was Mexican. So I, so I shot the white dude. Yeah, because <laughs> Mexicans and black people love each other. Yeah, they get out, they get See, along Latin in Southern Kings California and, yeah. all the time. So he shot the white guy, killed him. He went on to kill two more white guys in downtown Fresno because he's fed up with racism. So, quote, I just found some white men to kill. This is all according, as I said, to a newly released recorded interview that investigators played at his trial on Monday. His nice. lawyer, of course, cites mental illness. Um, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But it's, again, it's another consideration that would not be given by media. Another generosity 
that uh, would not be given if the races were reversed. Yeah. They didn't give that to James Holmes, who was actually schizophrenic. Fields, Killed one Fields. person. Yeah. Who is yeah. James Holmes? What He's the Aurora that? shooter. James Fields. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad mistake. Um, Who uh, actually was schizophrenic, diagnosed schizophrenic, uh, who was being attacked at the time and who killed one fifth as many people as this person. And it was not premeditated. And this well, one fourth. Her, Don't go Mara Gay. Oh, did he kill five people? Four. Four people? Oh. Yeah. I can do the math on that. I just thought he killed more people. Be racist to, well, I would say be racist to Blonde on Twitter, but you can't. Go to Gab and be racist to her for a trivial math error. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's, it'll probably work in his case, though. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, so, you know, you won't hear a peep about it nationally. You'll barely hear a peep about it in California, I'm sure. Lastly, before we're done here, because we're already past the two-hour mark, uh, I, this is a rare case of surprise cringe where I do have to explain the context just a little bit. And there's okay. a high probability you have actually seen this clip because it got a lot of internet traction this week. I don't care um, about the internet anymore, so I guarantee I have not seen it. Okay, are you familiar with the show The Masked Singer? Oh, is it the Sarah Palin one? Yeah. yeah. I didn't All right, see well, it, but I saw an article oh, about you, it. You spoiled it. But you get to see it. Um, the, the idea of people, if you're not familiar with the show, performers wear a mask, the panel has to guess who they are, and then the performer gets revealed. Well, check out uh, this week's surprise contestant. So this is the mask performer. Um, the fact that this is even a, a concept like a television concept it reminds me of black mirror this is like some end of days shit <laughs> um but that didn't make me hate her gut like that made no, me like her 10 percent more i get why people cringe and i kind of do but i did want to be fair that I, it's nowhere near the cringiest cringe we've seen on this show and honestly if you told me sarah palin's gonna get up there and do baby got back my expectations would be significantly worse than what i just saw i actually thought it was pretty well like as well performed as that could be performed and i don't even like sarah palin i'm not a fan of her i, I whatever i hope she goes away basically but the ability to perform that confidently without mistake i think is actually pretty legit so i'm not gonna rip her for that i, I don't i don't think i could do better let's put it that way i really don't but the thing is, you have enough integrity never to try. And that's the important thing. Well, she went through a divorce. She might be down on her luck. She might need some money. I don't know. <laughs> Tucker Carlson did do Dancing with the Stars, which I didn't know until my brother-in-law showed me the clip. And it's like, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I've seen it. But... I'd rather watch Joe Biden, maybe, talk. Maybe. I don't know. One additional funny piece of this uh, of of this episode is that in some markets it cut immediately from Sarah Palin doing baby got back into uh, Brett bear cuts in and goes, uh, we're here to deliver president Trump's address on coronavirus. It gets all serious. All of a sudden, check this out. Get your president, baby got back. 
This is coverage of President Donald Trump's primetime address to the nation on the coronavirus. 2020 is a bizarre timeline, man. Uh, entertaining, at least. But uh, but that's all I got for a show, and we certainly have plenty of Super Chats to catch up on. Unless you have any more Sarah Palin thoughts. What is this world, you know? Over on, uh, on DLive... Crypto Crook says a little congestion, press F. I actually feel a lot better than I did midweek this week. So I think I'm over the mini Corona or whatever it is that I have. Uh, and ETC 2500 says, both of you, please don't get the beer bug. Well, now I'm forced to stay home and play Xbox. So I think I'll be, think I'll be safe. Um, <laughs> Radical 2011. I can't, I can't read this. Although that's hilarious. Kevin impression or what? No, he's just talking about Odin versus Bernie. Odin? Uh, what? I, I want to read this, but can't. Um, All right, fine. Derek Finley, I love your interest to death, Matt. I'd be willing to say you're the best in the biz. That said, this intro belongs in surprise cringe. Ooh. <laughs> That's the point, though. That's the point. Like, then be fighting words. Obviously, I'm not making it to be like, oh, man, I love me some disturbed. Like, what? What, I like that song. What else can I use? I can't make I can't make it some happy, silly song. Like it's got to be. I, I'm. It's the one. It's the one time I'm ever going to use that song. That's we it. Could, it's not com- if this is under control during Halloween, we could dress up as viruses. Ooh, maybe we could basically borrow those costumes from that Mexican uh, that that kids performance. Could I? Could I go Chinese? Well, I mean, it is your, that's not even cultural appropriation at that point. That is your natural cultural heritage. Derek Finley. Oh, I just read that one. Laurel says, my daughter who goes to boarding school is home for spring break. It's been an extended for a week, followed by online classes until April 13th, five weeks with my daughter in winter. <laughs> Pray for my sanity. We well, a little bonus family time, I suppose. Thanks for supporting the show and good luck. Metal man. Joe, come back, kid. Biden, enters 2020 race, Alzheimer's. I'm about to end this man's whole career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, somebody just suggested you go as a bat. That'd be good too. Ooh, uh, yeah, that might be fun. I'm sure, uh, I, I suspect coronavirus will work its way into the Halloween costumes this year, one way or another. Unless it's like really not funny by then. Like half of Unless... the world's population is dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it might be funnier then. I mean, you, might, you know, if it's truly the apocalypse, might as well go down swinging. That's true. Um, our son, Nye and V. Shouldn't this be called the OK Boomer virus instead of the Kung Flu or whatever politically correct version it actually is? Only boomers are in danger. You're wrong. You're wrong. If only boomers were in danger, we wouldn't have to worry about this. But outside of Biden and Bernie, we have to save some people in the silent generation. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> sorry, sorry, boomers. Sorry, we want boomers. to be clear. We are in favor of your infection. We we want boomers removed. That is the official stance. You're just not old enough. You're not <laughs> quite old enough. No. Um, Big Ben Howard. I'm running for Idaho State Representative 23A. It's official as of this Thursday. No promises on right wing death squad legislation. Blunt. Mm. I'm preemptively acknowledging my sex scandal with Matt. Now I just need to avoid Corona Chan. That's super gay. I'm really glad to see common citizens uh, taking a stance and running for office. If you're interested, I had a conversation with Lyman Bishop this week. Who's uh, he runs an armor company in Missoula and he's running for uh, Montana governor as a libertarian. He, but he's the same kind of guy. Like he's a, he's an online meme hero and he's just like, screw it. I'm running for governor. I don't like the way things are operating. I'm going to try to make a change. And uh, I really appreciate that people are doing that, that they're stepping up and, 
and uh, hopefully having some influence in these state capitals. So good for you. And uh, if people want to listen to that conversation, it's over on uh, the audio platforms. I uh, posted it uh, on Friday or Saturday, whatever. Oh, day. yeah. The other day I, I saw our show on uh, iTunes. And, you know, we have like hundreds of five-star reviews. And thank you to the audience for doing that. That does. I don't know that they'll ever give us algorithmic promotion again uh, if we ever got it anyway. But those reviews certainly do help. And for people who listen to the audio versions, thank you as well for doing everything you can to give our show a little bit of a boost. We appreciate it. No, I forget that we put it on audio platforms. Oh yeah. There's, there's a healthy amount of people who listen to this show audio only a good amount. Yep. Between, um, the show on YouTube and the audio platforms, we have to be at like 30 million views. And listen, I have no idea. I know the audio alone is over. It's like a million and a quarter, just audio. But of course, the YouTube numbers are a lot larger than just audio. Yep. Um, Boogeyman nine one seven, rock and open or Matt. Uh, Redwall fifteen twenty one. Polarizing. <laughs> now the left definitely can't say cancel culture doesn't exist. Ao. Yeah. The angry penguin. Stay safe out there. The level of paranoia out here is mind boggling. As people fight over things like toilet paper and twenty four packs of water, I've heard Costco and stores have begun rationing supplies. Oof. Yeah, I've seen that. You can only buy five packages of toilet paper and hand sanitizer and such. Joke's on you, though. There aren't any available anywhere. Yeah, really. A metal man. Sorry. Sorry, guys. God says, okay, heads, you get the boogaloo. Tails, you get the booga flu. <laughs> Me, slam shot glass on table, flip the coin, bitch. Maybe that's the silver <laughs> lining. Maybe it is the booga flu, and this is the accelerationist dream we've all been hoping for. I never prayed for disease. I just prayed for balkanization. Jeez. Well, yeah, but you're an ends justify the means kind of person. If it, if it, if you get the right result, if this is God's plague on us, would he have sent it through China? I, I can't question God's ways. He, he works in ironic ways often. As far as I can tell, maybe this is just a way that he wants us to get a, to get us to hate the Chinese, which of course is another silver lining. The more racism that comes out of this, the better. <laughs> Jim Keith, <laughs> from the People's Republic of Massachusetts, where we used to throw tea in the harbor and now have to take to do takeout food. I think all the people with the spine went west with the gold rush. Maybe. But it, the winters there are rough. So, you know, there's some strong people there still, right? Um, Andrew Kurzga. I cover the Omaha, Pittsburgh, the area Omaha, Pittsburgh for medical research equipment repair. 100% mm. travel and usually five to six flights a week. Many of the labs I have been looking at coronavirus, but I have no idea how I can work with all these mandatory restrictions. Ugh, that sucks. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. And uh, I fully understand people who are more in favor of ban everything, cancel everything. We all want everyone to do well. We all want everybody to be healthy and we all want everybody to prosper. I just, I'm really worried about, uh, about the economic impact. I'm just worried about people who are going to be out of potentially out of checks for a little while or potentially having to make difficult financial decisions, not necessarily because of the sickness, but because of the social panic surrounding it. It's a real bummer. And I think it's kind of self-inflicted damage. So all the best to you, man. And thanks for doing what you're doing and trying to keep the health system in good shape. Agreed. Radical 2011. Um, I had to reread because he was on this, the other one. Uh, human right. rights and wrongs are not determined by justice, but the might. Disguise it as you may. The naked sword is still kingmaker and kingbreaker as of yore. All other theories are lies and lures. He sounds like he's qualified to run your commune. You might send him that. an email. 
Eric Ray, every Tuesday I have to go to the oncologist, hematologist. Oh my God, everyone there is sick or something. Just cough a few times and I, I get a whole row, row of seats to yourself. You dick. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Thanks for the donation though, I appreciate it. That's borderline, it. what's his name, Rudy Gober? That's borderline bas basketball player guy. Utah yeah, Jazz Center joking, but uh, you know. Didn't I tell you about Eric's? I told you. Uh, wait, refresh my memory, what's that? You were talking about how you're, you're going to name your kid like Eric with oh, a K. Oh, Eric. Yeah, yeah. And I said, it's like Jeff. It's like the name of douchebags. Eric with a K is not the name of a douchebag. It is the name of a dignified snow ape. Mm. And uh, But you'll be happy to know that uh, I've received some pushback from my fiance. Good. About that particular one. But uh, I'll be damned if I don't have a son named Eric with a K. Everyone else can uh, fuck What about off. Bjorn or Leaf? No, I don't. I don't um, not Bjorn. I'm not a Bjorn guy. Uh, Caesar, stop it. Good grief. Um, Bill McPherson with the good hair. The Wuhan virus is on the loose. I'm here in West Virginia enjoying my choice of residence, having no cases. Is it the only state that has no cases? Uh, if you have the chance, check out YouTuber Sydney Watson's experience with the COVID-19. Oh, man. Good luck to you, Bill. Fat hooligan. The upside of Corona is that the Seattle commute is fantastic right now. The downside is I can't get any toilet paper and may have to use the Starbucks bathroom for number two, like a hobo. Yeah. I mean, I was posting on Twitter yesterday. I pity the fool. God help you. If you just so happen to run out of toilet paper at this particular moment in time, yeah. I didn't necessarily plan ahead because I don't consider toilet paper to be vital part of my preps. But uh, if you're in that, so if I could have been in that tough spot. Could it timing could have lined up right. Thankfully I'm not. But man, uh, you're gonna have to get creative. And uh, if you're one of those people having to use toilet or use uh, paper towels or something else like that, just remember that shit is not designed to go down your plumbing. So be very sparing in your use of that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. and do not cause an additional problem for yourself of a clogged toilet to deal with. It's expensive. Yeah. Uh, Drew McTighe, my state of Maryland canceled all events with more than 250 participants, including the Tool Show coming to town. Oh no! Oh, bummer. Ugh. Also, some lady tried to make to take my P100 respirator at the grocery store. I'm staying home for a month. Well, wow. I hope you bashed your knees in. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I hope you removed that boomer right away. <laughs> and I did see somebody in the live chat say that we're wrong about our parents being boomers. But it's pre-1965. My mom was born in 57. So Yeah, my parents were 55 and 56. And then I my believe dad that's was still boomer. 52, 50, something like that. Yeah, it's totally yeah. Um. She was going to text me, though. I want everybody to know she's different. She's different. She's not your typical boomer. My mom <laughs> is different. Mom, you're different. She's not one of them. She's not. Uh, she's woke boomer, which is somehow way more annoying. Okay. So annoying. Yeah, I know. Uh, this is not. This show's not woke enough for her. I know. This is Pablo. I'm not watching yeah. your show anymore. It's too blah, weak. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> All white fraud. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. Matt and I once made love. I gave him my coronavirus and he got down with the sickness, if you know what I mean. You guys are yeah. all sick. Thank you. Elijah Wartgal. My sister and boyfriend and her boyfriend, I presume, planned a spring break trip to Washington State several months ago and just returned. School work are canceled. So we're in the same house for a month. Hope I don't catch the woo flu. I wow. too. Well, enjoy. enjoy the woo flu. Bust out the board games. Um, Elephant Man. Uh, Liga MX soccer match last sporting event this spring is on now. How many flu deaths were actually from the beer bug? B33R bug? I assume he's, re yeah, reference for the coronavirus. How many deaths are there? Is that what he's asking? Mm -hmm. It's it, The current number is like 6,500. Deaths? But global deaths, yeah. Seriously. 
Not U.S. Global. I guess that's not that crazy. The world population is what's and it's it's like one hundred and forty thousand confirmed cases. So we're sitting at something in the neighborhood of like, uh, depending on the numbers you believe, there's a report. There are reports of like three percent mortality, something in that neighborhood. But of course, that depends on a few things. One, the age of those who contract it, and two whether you believe confirmed cases statistics. And if we do operate under the theory that there are lots of cases out there that have not been tested for, that are not properly diagnosed, the mortality rate would go down significantly if that's accurate. Yeah. It's another consideration. Because only the people that are the most severe are seeking treatment and testing at this point. Jay says we've done a worse job than Italy and we have less hospital beds per capita, fewer Hospital beds per capita. Jeez, grammar nuts. Okay, grammar Ava, calm down tonight. The best case is that we are underdiagnosing, so more are infected, but it's less lethal. Ah, look at that. Um, hospitals still get crushed. I'm sorry I corrected your grammar. That was a real bitch move. But fewer, you're right about the thing else. is, fewer always just sounds unnatural to me. I know it's technically correct when you're talking about a countable item, but I just hate saying fewer. I just want to say less. It's an easier word. It is, but you're wrong. Yeah, okay. You're wrong. Irregardless. Ah! Let's carry on to the next chant. Black magic. Whoever controls all the toilet paper controls the favor of the women. Whoever controls the favor <laughs> of the women gains the support of all men. When you have the support of the people, you become king. <laughs> the other thing about toilet paper is I never have a concept for how different the consumption is between the sexes. Yeah. Like to me, a package of like nine rolls of toilet paper, that is a multi-month supply, dude. I, that is oh. a long time. Yeah. For a chick, that's like a week. So, you know, uh, my, my understanding of how much, is a, how much is a reasonable amount to buy at the grocery store if you're planning on not buying it for a while is way off with a lot of uh, women. Let's put and it that way. And let me tell you a few things about greasy pregnancy pooping. <laughs> It's a whole thing. Uh, I would not like to hear anything about that. Okay. Moving on. Big LC says toilet paper is lightweight, but takes a lot of space. Supermarkets don't keep massive amounts. Just a 10% increase in demand is enough to quickly see shelves cleared. That's probably true. Friend who manages a supermarket. That's true. true. It is a big item on the shelf. So if it's just a few people going crazy, suddenly that all, it's all out of there. (laughs) Um, Joseph Duff Kulisics judging the risk is hard, but consider China's case. The regime's legitimacy is built on prosperity they still chose to paralyze the country by putting 600 million under virtual house arrest. That's also true. Hmm. Uh, Danny Montana Blonde, I think you misunderstood my last super chat. You and Matt have done more than I to save the West, and I can only be grateful for that. Do you have any thoughts on the Commandant's new video, Be Safe and Hail Victory? I haven't seen it. He did email me, though. I'm going to email him back. And I don't remember. This might have been the one we discussed last week where we were talking about like sacrifices and stuff. I remember having that conversation. Is it in that context? I don't know. I was feeling really blackpilled last week. I don't think I was reacting to what you said. I think I was just like, I've done, I was like sick of the country and I was like, I've done it up for the country. Like, fuck you, America. (laughs) I did what I could. Okay. I did. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, totally. Um, thank you, Danny. Uh, Leaf Sandiger. See, that's a that's a nice name. Right uh, sounds good to me. The Spanish Portuguese major house at my local liberal college has the flags of communist Cuba and Angola in front. Oh, good. Ugh, not the flags right. of Spain or Portugal. It costs sixty thousand dollars to go there. Well, you know what you have to do. Is he saying he attends that school or he just lives near it? Uh, local liberal college. So okay, so you're not on the hook for the debt, at least. Good for you. 
uh, just a little bit of hoax hate might go a long way there, <laughs> because reasons... Let it be real hate if he does it. Yeah, but, you know, do it in a temporary spirit of playfulness, and then it I becomes see. hoax hate. Uh, because reasons, China's actively pushing lists. They will not be held accountable. They're clearing house without anyone noticing. Plus, it hurts Trump, which helps China and the Democrats. Democrats. But I repeat myself. Excuse me. Redwall 1521. At UCLA, a professor sent out an email using the city of origin to describe the virus. And as a recent alum, I was able to see on our Facebook group the outrage directed at the professor. Come on. Well, good. At least they're being consistent. I like that they're upholding the standard to their own if they're going to do it. Mike, Bob, I hated the communist Chinese before it was cool, especially after they infected almost every video game out there with their rampant cheating. Uh, are you Korean? That sounds like a Korean thing to say. Uh, Urashima Ataru. Um, Urashima Ataru. There were rumors China manufacturers toilet paper. The virus appeared in early December at the earliest. Look at the actions that Trump had been taking. Not what he's been saying. China is fudging the numbers. I'm sure they are. I've heard this like China is the origin for our toilet paper thing. And I don't know if that's true or not. But one, or I, I, I still don't understand why that would cause a run on toilet paper because even if that's true, uh, could we not replace? Like, let's say the the toilet paper, chi- the Chinese toilet paper supply line was severed. Can we not create our own toilet? Can we really not rise that's as a country? That's how little we can manufacture stuff on our own. We can't make can. the toilet paper. We're screwed. Like okay. How, what do we do with this wood pulp? I don't understand yeah. how to bleach it and make the fibers tiny. Yeah. And if it came from China, doesn't that make me want it less at this point? What if the coronavirus has seeped into the fibers? I don't want to wipe yeah. my butt with that. Then you get butthole Wuhan flu. That's the, which is yeah. way worse. If you're going to get it, at least do what was referenced earlier. How, get it in a fun way. I don't yeah. want to get it from wiping my ass. Like by making out with a Chinese prostitute or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go down yeah. Go down to the local um, Asian massage parlor plus and get, get coronavirus yeah. that way. Get a hand job from a Chinese prostitute while eating that soup. That's the only <laughs> yeah. way to appropriately contract 100%. 100%. Glad we agree on that. Um, downskated. So thanks to this virus, us truckers are still having to work regardless of the danger to us. So enjoy still getting your stuff while we risk our health. And thanks for saying it's no big deal. You're wrong. Ooh, we didn't say it's no big deal. Um, people should be appropriately concerned, but panic is uh, not a great response. Yeah. I mean, to, be, to be blunt, I think that that sort of response is exactly the thing that can be damaging. Um, we may disagree on our expectations for the severity of the risk, but the idea that, um, I don't know, the idea that, that we're intentionally inflicting damage or something like that. Okay. But it's I everybody's it job way. to do their own risk assessment. Yeah. Uh, but I still think the media panic is damaging. I am not going to contribute to the panic. I understand we're panicking about the unknown and there's some merit to saying when you, when it's the unknown, you should, you should prepare for the worst. You should assume the worst. Yeah, I get it. But there were real costs to doing that too. And I have to calculate in my head, are the, are the costs of, of preparing for the worst in this case likely to outweigh, to be outweighed by the benefits of um, hopefully mitigating this virus? I personally, my personal assessment right now is that the costs of the things we are doing are likely to be worse than the effects of the sickness itself. And I will fully admit if I'm wrong. Um, but you know, I don't need to be shamed for making that assessment for myself. Yeah. I mean, everybody remember that our election predictions were so bad 
And then think about what we're saying about coronavirus. It's very likely that we are. And I would never right. say, take what I'm saying as medical advice or like do yeah. what I say. Make you, make your own evaluation for your own family. But that's why I have a lot of, uh, that's why I'm worried about a lot of this stuff is the autonomy of each family to make those sorts of decisions is rapidly being removed by right. state forces, by business forces, by, I want freedom for people to decide their own path. That's true. And we and, also should mention, although we've mentioned this before, that both of us have been prepared for any kind of wide scale panic for several years now. I have a year of freeze dried food. We've got yeah. a bunch of bullets stockpiled. I got like an entire arsenal in this house. Like, yeah, I have water purifying tablets. I have seeds for the next year, books on different gardening in my zone. Like I am ready I was already ready before. This. Which is another silver lining. And I would hope that people who may not be on my side of this would agree. If we all come out of this more with a more, a mindset more geared toward preparedness, that is also a benefit. I yeah. certainly would advocate that um, as a general rule, you should be prepared for this sort of thing, no matter what, no matter whether coronavirus is the emergency of the day or whether things, everything is fine and dandy today. Um, always, always be prepared. And maybe to your point, maybe that's part of the reason why I'm a little more relaxed about this sort of thing is I know that in a genuine emergency, I am decently equipped here yeah. to survive for a little while. Not everybody uh, me is. Too. Not the everybody important is. thing is that I don't live in Seattle. Yeah. Oh God. I'm, I'm very glad I don't live in an urban center. It would be much worse than it is. And I'm already annoyed here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did this ahead of the 2016 election. So I feel pretty good about it. A cup of Kofefi, longtime listener, longtime viewer, first time donator. Sorry. Can you yell at fire? Yes, you can. Can you own a machine gun? Yes, you can. Just shows how much these people don't know. It is really hard to get it. Yeah. There's a lot um, of detail there. BV says, I know it's an a-hole move to play this card, but I'm a medical lab scientist who tested Ebola. Yeah. I want, patients. I want to hear. Yeah. Ebola didn't concern me, but this does. I hmm. expect we'll see catastrophic numbers in two to three weeks. And I'm hearing this a lot too. I mean, yeah. I mean, by all means prepare in, in the ways that you can. Yeah. But panic doesn't make anybody make better. Sure. And then, and don't say that's an a-hole thing. Like no. you have experience have in experience this realm in this. that I do not, which we I, do not. Yeah. At all. I'm only describing my own perspective of how this un is unfolding, which admittedly one is not medically professional and two is in a place that is of relative shelter from this sort of thing. Like I, Montana just had its first four cases over the weekend. There's a guy in my yeah. county, one guy. So it is easier for me to say, uh, I'm not going to panic about this. Uh, granted, fully. So I, I don't want any, the other side of this, people who are on the other side, I don't want you to feel like, oh, it's it's, a, it's an a-hole move to like challenge their perspective. No, I, I certainly think reasonable people have differing perspectives on this. Absolutely. And, and I'm biased because there's nobody that old in my family. And there's a lot of questions of principle that are going to come up here. As, as states yeah, crack yeah. down more, our commitment to limited government versus the benefit of all, those sorts of questions um, come into play. There were interesting questions of principle about the, 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 the gougers, the hoarders and the gougers this week. The people capitalizing, buying up all the hand sanitizer and trying to sell it off on Amazon for 50 bucks a bottle or whatever. There's a lot of interesting questions that I think there are compelling arguments on many sides of, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. A uh, slosher. I, 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 we already defended Weinstein. I don't need to defend the price gougers. So let's, yeah, I know. Let's I, not go there. But you know, people capitalize on uh, different economic trends. And one of those is widespread panic buying. And 
you know, I saw a couple that made 70 grand off of selling Clorox wipes. And I'm kind of yeah, like, and there's a difference between whether I think you're cool and whether I think you should be prosecuted. Those are different questions uh, that we have to. It's like that to. guy that jacked up the prices of the, the AIDS drug. What was his name? Martin Shkreli. Martin Shkreli is yeah. awesome. I don't care See? what anyone says. That's price yeah. gouging. And I, we defended the hell out of him. Martin, free Martin Shkreli. I'm not even speaking ironically. Martin Shkreli needs to be back. Stat. Is he in jail? He's in prison, right? Yeah, he went to prison for um, like trading violations or some sort of um, insider stuff. Was it not? I forget. We talked about it on the show, but it was related to. It was a long time ago. Stock he's, market. He's been in jail stuff. for years. It's been it's been a little while. Hmm. Um, Slosher, I think I'm going to bring my bring cupcakes to my local grocery store tomorrow. Screw the cops and firefighters. These guys are the real heroes these days. That uh, that's uh, that's really nice, and then none of them will eat them because of the potential fear. <laughs> but that is another silver lining here Nobody too. If you it. can take time to appreciate those people that are serving your community well, um, that will be nice. Too. Like I mentioned earlier, the local grocery store here, tons of people are talking about being treated very rudely. Mm -hmm. So if you take an opportunity to be the anti that, good for you. That is much appreciated. Pineapple platypotamus. Trump has alien technology on his side. Don't worry or fear. He's the commander in chief of our military. He's protected. So are we. I don't have a lot of faith in him, so that doesn't reassure me. Well, the, the interesting questions of principle for the left are you, in all contexts, including this one, favor a very top-heavy or top-down authoritarian government approach. <laughs> Do you want Trump doing all that? Is that what we want now? Is Trump's iron fist uh, or someone else's iron fist? Those are also interesting questions of principle and values. Liz Towell, the best thing about everyone being trapped at home, there are a lot of people on the left who will watch the debates for the first time and realize they have the <laughs> choice between two old Muppet trolls. <laughs> Silver linings all around. Silver linings uh, for everyone. Good Bob. optimism. Matt, all the ski resorts closing sucks. Cynical part of me says they're closing them to save money. This late in ski season, most visitors to the resorts are season pass holders, not regular customers. There's, I'm sure that the, and that and the people who are going are probably canceling travel very quickly so i'm sure there are some cynical economics related to this um but yeah man i just i've been pissed off um not only because i don't get what i paid for in that economic exchange but because of all those workers that are crucial to this area's economy i think yeah. it's a such a uh it, it just bothers me it's like okay maybe you want to close down lodges and places of gatherings but what am i going to do lick the chairlift how am i going to get coronavirus on a chairlift haven't you're you ever covered seen Dumb up. and Dumber? Come on. Yeah, you're covered up. You're wearing gloves. You, I usually have a mask on. Like, it's probably more safe than and walking around. And it's outside, around. yeah. And it's cold. Um, I'm a psychopath. You sent the same thing twice. Uh, so if you would like one of those refunded, please shoot us an email because it's kind of a big donation. Um, when, if Tom Hanks recovers fully, it will make a major impact on people's sentiment of the virus because of his high profile and that he's in the higher risk age group, I think his recovery should quell some people's fears. It's probably true. That probably will be a major moment in the development of this story. As silly as it is, he's just a guy. I don't think I that do we think should... it's kind of funny that he has coronavirus. Are you, aren't you Who does he think he is being Mr. Rogers? You know? Nobody can be Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I didn't see that Mr. movie. Rogers. Well, neither did I, because yeah. Tom Hanks is Mr. Rogers. That's garbage. And then. Of course, Isaac Cappy named him as like a famous Hollywood pedophile before he killed himself. All right. There's no evidence of that. There's no evidence of that, Tom Hanks. Uh, big Red Doggy. GOA screwed up. They should have got the union worker instead of the rotting corpse that is the NRA. That is yeah, I didn't want to take the opportunity to rip on the NRA, but 
I don't know how that marriage came to be, why he went straight to the NRA, but that's what happened. Anyway, Matt and Becca have a great show. Hopefully the Kung flu blows over soon. Um, well, thanks, man. Thanks. And good luck to you as well. Two way. We should nickname Biden old yeller. The double meeting is perfect. Shouting gibberish and being taken out to the back <laughs> of the shed. Yeah, I like really. that. Metaphorically, of course, you got to clarify for Susan. Yeah. Alzheimer's will take care of him. Uh, we, we don't need to do anything. Also, he's like 80. So, you know, time. Ben well, Smith. Keep, the, keep it in mind. He's, he's younger than Bernie Sanders. He's 77. The, life, the average lifespan of an American man is 78. And he's also younger than Bloomberg. He was the youngest of the trio when Bloomberg was still in. But he's the most geriatric appearing. For sure. Uh, ben Smith, I think that it's a really that, that it's really going to hit the fan in the next seven days, fearing the worst. But Matt is right because the orange man bad media panic is making it significantly worse. Good luck to all. And if I'm if it's uh, oh well, actually, never mind. I uh, for a second I thought it was uh, uh, someone I know who's in the medical field, but I don't think that's the same person actually. Um, or maybe he is. I don't know. But um, but yeah, and, and that's and that perspective is important too. Like, it's not that because there is paranoia and panic and overreaction that means the disease is nothing well it means that there's a certain bad that is there and then you're exacerbating the problem significantly with the reaction Mm -hmm. so i don't want anything i say to mean that like there's nothing serious going on here there obviously is yeah uh blippity blue hey guys i know it's never going to happen but do you think the un and the rest of the world should hold china financially responsible for the economic hits they've taken for sure there need to be punitive you know, punitive measures taken, including us moving our manufacturing back to all of our countries. Globalism doesn't work. Let's stop it right now before it gets any worse. It'd be interesting to see what the state of, um, what the state of our economy is a year from now and whether there have been significant investment impacts in China. I, I, how could you, if you run a massive business, this is, it's not just like a one-off risk. This is an inherent risk to China. It's demonstrated repeatedly. So it's I would an expect risk that to, to us too when uh, you know we become inextricably economically linked with yeah. them. So I don't know what we were thinking. Uh, did you see Bitcoin this week? Took a huge shit. Oh. I'm glad I, I sold Bitcoin at the at the summer's high, right around the perfect time. So yes. I I was out of that market. I'm totally I'm out like, of that no, market. don't do that. It's totally going to go to a hundred thousand. Yeah, well, uh, maybe someday you'll be right, but that day's not today. So hold today. your Bitcoin not for a today. while, or JL buy says, if you're if you're interested. Could be a, be a good time to buy too. It's so much of it's owned by the Chinese market that now I'm kind of. And it's so volatile. Like it's, it's volatile. kind of fun to have, but I wouldn't. I mean, I don't consider it a viable investment as of now because it's just so volatile. Yeah. Uh, JL says I stopped watching porn. I'm done with the hookers too. I now somehow have two girlfriends. One whose former husband recently died, and the other just divorced. I should have stuck with the porn. What are you doing? I don't know <laughs> if your messages are serious, but your life is a disaster. I have no Jail. idea whether to take that as a joke or seriously, but uh, thank you for keeping us up with the adventure. Dump uh, those two it. girlfriends and get one that hasn't been recently divorced and get tested for STDs. Too, with all of Easier your said than done these days. The STD thing? No, the like finding a quality, wholesome girlfriend. I mean, one whose former husband recently. Okay. A widow's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. That's not her fault. Uh, Richard enormous. Okay. I'm back. Dorothy wanted to be tucked in. <laughs> Thank you for taking care of Dorothy. Doesn't matter. Just dropping these shuggles off to say hello and thank you for your congrats. Just pop the question tonight. And she said, yes, did it the old way oh, awesome. and asked her dad first. Have a great day today. Good night all. Congratulations. And, and awesome on you for going through the process of talking to dad. That's a, that's a respectable yeah. move. Good old fashioned move. 
And uh, congratulations to you guys. You will always remember the moment of hysteria in which you got engaged. And hopefully times will be better by the time you marry and uh, build a family. Coronavirus themed wedding. Yeah, please. Uh, Scobra, no note. Thank you, uh, Jacob. Are pregnant women and babies actually the same thing? Burping, vomiting, random bouts of crying, the inability to walk, wanting to be held, etc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the well, signs are all there. The fetuses have mind control. That's totally true. Last night I was like, can we snuggle? Can we, will, you, will you hold me while I go to sleep? <laughs> yeah. My husband's like, ugh. All right. Yeah. The least in the kingdom. You also sent two of the same super chats. So if you want one of them back, just shoot us an email. Um, it's the I, I don't know wiki why this wiki scheme. Yeah, it, it's, it probably appears that it wasn't sent. And then yeah. the logistic function and the exponential function look the same before the logistic function's inflection point. Since people are more familiar with exponential, it is their go-to model. Ah. Vivi hmm. says, tell me a knock-knock joke. I don't have any, any. I don't have one at all. I don't have one off the top of my head. I wish I had a coronavirus one, but I just don't. I'm not good on the spot like that. I'm sorry. I got nothing. I can't think of a single knock-knock joke. Hmm. Sorry, if you want your money back, <laughs> send an email. An email. Yeah. Chemical X666. I can cure any virus via interdiction of cranial matter with lead and copper alloys at high velocity. <sighs> mm. Is that a bullet to the head? Only in self-defensive purposes. Uh, Jamie Clay. So are you snow apes going to willingly give the government your DNA and ID info and trust them not to abuse it? Also, Biden is a placeholder. Anybody but a commie candidate. Yeah, I don't trust the government to deal with this. What's um, the context for giving them all that information? Is that, are you talking, I don't I'm, know. I'm not 100% clear. Uh, um, I would say on principle, I oppose that, but you know, I've given the government a hell of a lot of information for various purposes, unfortunately. Friar says, I am from Norway and I am in home quarantine for 14 days. Luckily, I have enough booze to last me for at least a week. Don't know what else to do when I can't work. I'm sorry, man. Well, good luck and enjoy. Uh, Good luck. Sock Puppet Joe. Totally forgot about the Dem debate uh, today. Biden was yelling bingo a lot. <laughs> was he? I'm going to watch the rest of it when we're done. Frank Or Underwood. tomorrow. I got. I ain't got shit to do tomorrow now. Uh, yeah. Frank Underwood. Blonde, I really like how you lied when you apologized for the Germany Muslim tweet. Your unfettered pragmatism is truly admirable. <laughs> I did some quality backtracking on that shit. Like... I would have you mean you didn't do genuine soul searching and arrive at the error in your No, ways? I'm like, what can I say to, to get, get these me out of the situation? Me. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sorry. I think I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. No, never apologize. Um, I mean, I wanted those people to shut the hell up too. So it was like, nice oh no, to... they're coming after me. My friend. I was, I was just annoyed me. from the splash damage that I was taking. Like, leave me alone. I'm not blonde. I didn't tweet shit. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh, uh, you know, I sent that tweet like right before I went to sleep thinking nothing of it. I know. Just nothing know. about it. Uh, Steven Sugar's damn blonde has a dark view of the world when it comes to Hollywood and sex. Oh, no. Hollywood is a beautiful place where people's dreams come true. What are you talking <laughs> about? It's a terrible dungeon of pedophilia and women getting their sexuality exploited so they can get crappy roles and then getting dumped on the sidelines by the time they're 30. It's Hollywood is the fucking worst. And it's a propaganda machine. Um, thank you for the donation, Steve. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Sean Garvey, careful blonde, given your concern over Weinstein shady conviction, it seems like you might be growing some principles. It's a real problem for the I know, show I, dynamic. I'm, I'm shocked as well. I'll be real. But good for you. I guess. I hate his face, so it's really hard for me to even. 
Marbo93, um, I just found out Ann Coulter was in the movie Sharknado 2, Oh Hell No. She stabbed a shark with an American flag. I got to say, I don't hate it, but it was definitely confused. I still like her, though. I didn't. Is that true? Sounds like some good coronavirus quarantine viewing. Uh, maybe I'll check it out. Um, Chris Hines, would you consider making the call-in video available for Matt Christensen Media subscribers? Asking for a friend. Okay, no, asking for myself. Um, the, 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 There's some logistical difficulty in doing that. But, um, but maybe I suppose, I mean, the, the reason I'll be, I'll be totally transparent. The reason that I keep it as audio only is twofold. One, it's a totally off the wall show that I don't have a lot of control over the quality over by its design. So sometimes it's a lot of fun and we have interesting discussions. Sometimes it's totally weird. I'll be frank. Like sometimes it is just bizarre, but that's the fun of it. So from my perspective, I like doing it because it keeps us in contact with the community and it's a viable thing that I can do that is not as that does not require as much preparation as the rest of the products. So it's it's worth continuing in those regards. But because I don't consider it the polished product that I would like to have someone be the first encounter of, say, my material and because I'd like to give people an incentive to go subscribe elsewhere on the audio feeds, for example, just as a you know, to diversify our presences. Uh, that's why I've chosen to operate the way that I do. So I'm not saying yes or no. Perhaps I could figure out some additional rewards to sweeten the deal of supporting the show, which I, of course, support. But that's my thinking, just so you understand why the structure is the way that it is currently. Um, perhaps there's a way we can make it available, though. It doesn't go anywhere. I never actually delete it. It just gets privatized. I don't erase it from the world. So it's still out there, but only I have the keys. And blonde. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do. Thanks. Ugh, I just let Caesar lick my hand and now I smell like fish. It's we're gross. we're closing in on three hours. Truculent Phillips seeing a lot of troop movement in Michigan. Is that MI? Uh, Minnesota. Michigan is MI. Oh. Are we talking Bouja Hadeen or what are we talking about? I don't know. EMTs for my company reporting <laughs> citing increasing numbers of National Guard here in Flint. Oh, it is. Ah, okay. Uh, so could be nothing but keeping eyes open. Actual military. Yeah. Man, uh, quantum football. Most toilet paper is made in the U.S., Mexico, Canada, Brazil. We may get softening chemicals from elsewhere, but toilet paper is something that we shouldn't have a long-term shortage of. Hmm. Buy a yeah, bidet. Yeah, we should be able to make it quickly, yeah. You can get one on Amazon that just hooks into your existing toilet. Uh, BV says, an addendum, boomers and older are definitely very at risk, but EU stats are showing patients in 30s to 50s with respiratory failure will be hmm. lethal to treatable cases when hospital bed capacity is reached. That's true. I also heard we have that's, a ventilator shortage, which would that, be Yeah, that. maybe that's, maybe there's truth to that. Well, I feel sufficiently depressed, so the show must be over. Well, we do have a little bit on Streamlabs. Um, Cameron says, here are some shekels for funding your right-wing quarantine squads. Well, thank you. Hope both of you had plenty of preps already in place to uh, for the rush on supplies. Stay safe to both of you. Thankfully, um, I don't have a lot of luxuries in my preps, but that's not really the point. If, um, if things really did get awful, I would be able, I would have enough time bought to survive to strategize a little bit. And I think the same is true for you. And I hope that's true for everyone in the audience. And if it's not, I hope that this will be a lesson to make that the case in the future. That's silver lining as well. Redicus says, I have to disagree with the Trump fucked it up. Uh, what more could he have, could have done without going full dictator or shutting down the whole country? The FDA is, um, is slow playing the kits and the quarantines are only as good as the people that are volunteering. And if he panicked, well, actually, I don't have a lot of, I don't think that he's screwed up like a lot of practical steps. I think there have been some 
poor, there's been some episodes of poor or inconsistent communication coming out of the White House. And that doesn't necessarily mean people die. It doesn't mean people get killed. But it does mean that there's some more confusion and it does create bad situations for people. Like a lot of Americans who are overseas in Europe um, thought that they weren't going to be able to travel home at all. That was one of the things where you said there'll be no travel when in fact trade was still operational. And if you're a U.S. citizen abroad, you can still come home. So they were panic buying up plane tickets for like $3,000 to get on the plane. It's just some communication things. That's all I'm saying. I don't think Trump is like creating a, a, an apocalypse. Um, I just don't think, like always with Trump, sometimes he's not the greatest communicator in terms of being consistent and clear. That's it. Uh, do you disagree with any of that assessment? No, but mostly I'm really tired. All right. Uh, Redicus also says one of these days, someone is going to take Biden up on the fight and that old man will die on the way down. I wish I disavow. That's not funny. I want someone to ask him if the thought, if he thought up his gun plan in Amy's diner with uh, corn pop, I don't know what role corn pop played Jay. Uh, oh, sorry. Thank you for supporting the show. Jay uh, Ox says I support zoom software as part of my job and it is incredibly user friendly. Being able to botch the calls that badly is just impressive. Well, I, I've had some technical difficulties, but not quite on that level. Not that, that, those were pretty rough, to your point. Renica yeah. says, uh, I have to fact check you. The AR-14 was an experimental auto-loading sport rifle. Uh, nuance bro quote. It also wouldn't fall into the 1994 assault weapons ban. Woodstock and all, a buffer spring interrogated uh, with either direct impingement or short piston. Well, I have not heard of the experimental developmental AR-14, but... Um, but send that to uh, send that to the NRA and Jerry Wayne so that they get that information correct. But yeah, take the AR-14s and I suppose it'll be a very... AR-14's got to be a legit AR-14, not a comedy lower, but a legit one. It's got to be a rare commodity if you actually have one. Kim says, uh, birthday shout out to Phil. Happy birthday. Thanks for introducing me to the show. It was a great show, terrific show, tremendous show. Frankly, the best. Thank you, Kim, and happy birthday, Phil. Refresh here and... Uh, see where we are there are a few more um mike huck huck small says hey dudes just started watching i just spent two hours waiting to buy my first firearm i'm in la county and shit's going crazy i bet there was a line down the block and supplies are getting low who knew so socal was so pro-gun again silver lining i'm good for you for making that decision and if, if this Ally is what it takes with the roof koreans have some good conversations in that line and make some friends. If this is what it takes to, um, to get people to think about these things more seriously. Well, fair enough. Redica says, uh, Gillum is the black Larry Craig, the bathroom, the gay bathroom politician. He was from Idaho. In fact, right. Uh, that yeah. Idaho Senator. Yeah. With the, at the Minneapolis airport. He even with has the a tapping, right? That's right. He even has a beard at all. I understand why since he's black in Tallahassee, 55% black. How long until he is unelectable and has to retreat to San Francisco? It's a pretty bad one, but maybe he can come back. I don't know. We'll see. Candy Max has got to say some positive, uh, something positive here. By the time blonde, uh, blonde's little wonder comes, it'll all be over. Industry will be back. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that the N95 masks in my facility are, wait for it, made in America. All right. Thanks for what you do. Uh, thank you, Candy, as well. All the best uh, as you continue to work hard on um, on coronavirus. And thank you for doing that. Radica says also on Harvey, it just reminded me of Paul Elam saying he wouldn't convict a man of rape because of the law on what evidence is admissible. A woman's sexual history is off limits, but a man's can get him convicted on flimsy evidence. 
Fair point on a double standard there. Irish Nat says, knock, knock, joke for blonde. Knock, knock, who's there? To who? Oh, no, sorry. Knock, knock, who's there? To. To who? Grammar Nazi, it's to whom? Okay. Thank you. Appreciate I think we're all set. Um, D Live looks good. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, Stream Live is all set. You good on Super Chat? Yeah, better get the meatballs in the oven. Damn. Okay. Well, uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight and um, making this as fun as it could possibly be. Um, appreciate everybody, you know, trying to find some positivity in all this bullshit. And uh, we'll try to leave on that, that point of positivity that, you know, by the time your kid is, uh, is out and walking around, hopefully this will all be i'll be an afterthought so thanks for making it fun and all the best to you as you enjoy your quarantines mandatory or self-selected and uh if you're looking for more material if you want to listen to if the near three hour show is not enough for you and you need more to listen to there's more on those audio platforms talk to a montana gubernatorial candidate this week that was fun go check it out um they're all linked in the description for you and on the website remember you can email us that's beauty and the beta at gmail Com. We'll, of course, be back next Sunday unless we've died of the slant disease or whatever you call it. Slant sickness, as it was called tonight. We'll see you then. Uh, something about Chuck Todd. and <laughs> See you.